Texas and Oklahoma will miss for the third straight year in their final year on their ass's way out. Play the fight song. Hello and welcome into the Play the Fight Song podcast. We're jumping in to the Big 12 this week. Again, we've covered the ACC. We've covered the Pac-12. We've covered the SEC. Now we're into the Big 12. If you haven't heard those other previews, if you got a long drive coming up, a little time at work, throw on your headphones and give those a listen. But we're excited for this one right here because this has been, I would say, almost the talk of the last six days within college football, this conference, along with the Big Ten. But we're going to break it down in the one year only where the conference will look like this. It's going to be interesting to look back in 20 years and see just this year specifically. But we're excited. We're 20 days away from kickoff, fellas. That's Notre Dame Navy and all those games on that Saturday before we get to the next week where it'll have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we are rolling. like We're right here, and it is actually – it's mind boggling to look. Um, I don't know if you guys have been diving down the rabbit hole of like hype videos people throw onto YouTube. I found a pretty good one. It's like 15 minutes long the other day. Blast. Awesome stuff. Um, how are you guys feeling? I know Reese, you said you lost your voice earlier. It's coming back to you. How are you feeling, man? Good. Happy to be back. Speaking of hype videos, if you don't follow play the fight song on TikTok, keep stay up to that, uh, with Jacob Schaefer guy, make some fire content posted everywhere. Friend. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Still in Omaha for this weekend. Uh, you said 20 days away. I didn't realize that. So that's pretty interesting here. Football's going to be here quicker than we plan. And it's we're crazy. We, we planned this all out. We waited to talk about the Big 12 because we knew that stuff was going to be going on. So we, we put that we're like, we're like third third preview. We're no, like, there's going to be shit going on. So we, we planned it out that we timed it for all stuff to be going on. So yeah, props to us guys for waiting to talk about this uh, this conference. Yeah, that's all us. Everybody pat yourself on the back. I saw job, Parks guys. got that in. Parks, let's talk, not wearing the Big 12 gear, but we have the Big 12 helmets behind you. I'd like to know how you're feeling, like what your thoughts are. It was kind of a crazy weekend. I think a couple of us kind of took it easy. Reese got after it. How you feeling? What's been going on? I mean, you got, there's a whole shebang of stuff going on in your background and on your sweatshirt here. Yeah, uh, I just love the sport, and it's a, a sad day. I feel like part of it died this week. So I'm sad overall for the sport, but it's just going to be an ever-changing changing landscape now. Um, in regards to the old Big 12, it'll never be that. It will never be that. And then these teams are so weird in the regionalization, and we'll get all into it. But sad overall for the sport. I wish we'd go back to like where everything mattered all the time. You know, we were going to have a big discussion on when everything mattered because that is one of my favorite points to make when people talk realignment and the sports going in the wrong direction. Schaefer, I know you had some hot takes. You were feeling just really like anxious and wanted to talk or yell at somebody about this stuff that's been going on. How are you feeling otherwise, though? Are you doing all right? Like, are you prepped to watch the Colts be horrible this year? Like, Iowa State just all had right. a keep, keep them right. out of this. Keep them out of this. Right, I just saw the Miller right. Life flag behind you. I, I watched. Watch, uh, I watched Shane Steichen say something seven times a day. Go bang, ha, boom, boom. Yeah, that's the throw. Bang, gets me fired up. That's just the kind of stuff that gets me fired up. It's like uh, the Joey Mar- Monero videos where it's like every 
NFL like hype video ever. And it's the quarterback like rolling out fake handoff. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is going to be fun with like the devil mode yep. great stuff. He, that's exactly what it was too. And I never realized after he posted that, like I kind of like, I was like, I remember that. But then they started coming after that. I'm like, oh my right. goodness. Like you got to come on teams, do a little research, change this up a little bit. Um, but like we said, we're going to jump into the big 12. This is going to be a fun preview, I think, because this is a conference that Schaefer has his team, Iowa State, in. We pay a lot of attention to a lot of these programs because they're, um, maybe like pseudo fans, like, you know, like we have a couple uh, horses in the race in this one for sure, but we're going to jump into the recent news that has rocked the college football landscape, rocked the sports landscape on all scales, not just in football. If you really think about it and dive into it, um, most recent stuff, we're going to start with the Iowa, Iowa state stuff, and then we'll go into the other stuff. Iowa, Iowa state, as most of you know, the athletic departments had, uh, the DCI researching into these programs for gambling investigations. Originally, there was not anybody to be said uh, betting on Iowa games or Iowa State games as they were playing for the university. This has come out with wrestlers, uh, basketball players, football players as well, which is what the original, I think, uh, big shebang and big news break was, is that the football program was involved in these. Well, our first wave, and I say first wave because I do think there'll be one or two more um of allegations and prosecution on this stuff. The first wave had come out headlining that is Hunter Deckers. Hunter Deckers is being uh, criminally charged is how they phrased it. Doesn't mean he's guilty of it yet. They're still investigating it of betting on Iowa state games as well as other events. Now those other events weren't disclosed. I didn't know if they're the NFL, the um, NBA, whatnot, but he was betting on at least one Iowa state game, one in which he did not play. He was still brought backing up Brock Purdy at the time. Either way, that's against NCAA violation. That's against NCAA rules. It's a violation, and it could end in Decker's no longer being a part of the program, no longer being able to play in the NCAA at any level. Um, other things went on. Iowa had a kicker. Aaron Blum had the same thing. He bet on an Iowa under in a game in which he did not play, but it did not matter. You cannot bet on your own team, your own school, anything. Um, what do you guys kind of think about it? I know looking at Reese and Parks, not fans of these programs, but like they're in, they're going to be on your Twitter feed. You're going to be paying attention to it because it is, you know, like Parks will play Iowa every year. He used to play Iowa State every year and he has friends who cheer for him. What did you guys kind of think before we go to Schaefer, whose team was involved? What, like, what did you see? Do you think this is, um, it's just interesting to look into and how like detailed they got into this investigation and how they were able to pinpoint these spots. If you are thinking, let's just talk about the Decker situation because he was a starting quarterback. What, like, how do you approach that if you are defending this kid? And can you even defend him at this point? What, what's next? He's easily defendable when it comes to betting on just general games. Like, if he's betting on what they say, place like four thousand dollars in bets or something like that, it might have been higher. But if you're betting on the NBA or the NFL let the kid live. But when he involved himself with a game that he was on the field, doesn't matter whether or not he played when he could have had some sort of effect into that game. Mm -hmm. That's when you kind of rule your own defense out. So I think the rule needs to be looked at, especially with how much the sports gambling world's growing um, fast, super fast, by the way. And they need to look at the rule. I think it's really tough to track people's bets um, throughout if you if you allow them in any oh, way, shape, or you form. But that, that. You could pinpoint somebody anywhere in the world. You know exactly what Taco Bell they're standing in. Like You can figure out the room they're in with that stuff. If they have the ability to look into that, like they get the clearance to do so. Um, they should like, be able to track what they're betting on. And, if, if yeah, you wanna... and I, think, I think they did, but like they haven't disclosed all of it other than the Iowa State game, which you had said. 
Personally, I think they should be able to bet on the NFL and the NBA if they're playing college football. Now, I think when they, they should be able to bet on the NBA if they're playing football, and then like if they're playing basketball, the NFL. I don't so think opposite to, sports. Yeah, you can't bet on your own sport yeah, whether you, it's professional. You or know, not. like you could have friends like like Brock Purdy or or somebody that you still Great talk to. Game. You know, you you have insight that that's that's kind of why I, I'm not a fan of the same sport, even if it's a, a level above you. I think that. Those Division One guys, they have too much ties to the NFL and guys. They Couldn't know they do going. that anyway? Like, why the hell couldn't Hunter Deckers go down the dorm room hall and say, "Hey, nobody I know, will you place this bet? And if when you hit, because I'm going to be playing quarterback, we'll split the payout." Like, couldn't they do that anyway? Like, you're never going to beat that. I, I mean, it's so tough to look at that. Like, it, I think when you look at it from afar. It's weird, and I know the University of Iowa and I know Iowa State didn't have anything to do with this. This was the DCI like that jumped into this. And the problem is is that this is the state everybody's paying attention to. Buddy, I'm telling you right now, if the DCI, the state of Alabama, or the state of Arkansas, or the state of Florida wanted to investigate those universities within that, there would be uproar from the fan base. They would like try and submit the DCI and these investigative properties to stop what they're doing. Like you're going to mess with our football teams. Well, it just happened in the state of Iowa. These guys went and did that. Problem is, is there's no way in hell that with the money these kids are making and how big gambling's got as parks like pointed out that it's not happening in other universities. It's happening Mm -hmm. at every university in every single program all across the country. And you can't convince me otherwise. And I think people are smart enough to not try and convince otherwise. They know it just sucks that this is the state that was picked out to do it. And I don't know how they, I think they got tipped off by somebody or had a, you know, but who knows? I think it goes back to that that Alabama. I'm pretty sure it goes back to that Alabama baseball coach. Yeah. And then I think some people from the DCI started looking into seeing if our state was doing, I don't know. I I, listen, I don't have any inside information, but remember that's how it all started was that Alabama coach was betting on games. And then they looked at Iowa baseball. Then they found Iowa baseball was betting on games. Now they're like, okay, we're going to look at everybody here. Speaking of Iowa baseball, you had Keaton Anthony, who was going to be an All-American. Who, there's still nothing out on the damn kid. He didn't get a play yeah, for the last kid just month sat out the rest year. of the year. Like, can we, if it's that bad, like he's betting on his own team, I, I, I think we should have this out by now, right? Unless it's <laughs> horrifically worse or just wasn't their main priority and it was something smaller, you know? But that kid lost a month and a half of eligibility on a team that went to a regional and played for a Big Ten title. It's, and that's it's not because yet. it's no offense, he but it's college baseball. Game. It's college baseball and nobody's making a ruckus about it, especially Iowa baseball. Like they're ready for football season. They kind of forgot about the super yeah, regional. You guys, that's I mean, that's fair. why it's, it's just wild to me that he's the one only one that has in any situation lost playing time because of this. And he doesn't have anything against him yet. And now he's out of the university. He's playing professional baseball now. So who gives a shit? What are you going to do yeah. to him? You know, right. Reese, like, did you, when you saw this news break, were you thinking this is going to be bigger than it is like did you think we're gonna get this big of news or did you think we're gonna get a couple slap on the wrist stop betting on the nfl stop betting on hockey or whatnot oh no i think they're gonna they're gonna make an example out of them to prevent kids from doing this in the future i think it's it's hard to do it because again they're kids and we were kids but obviously we were smart enough we would i mean we can't bet on morningside baseball but like we were smart enough we wouldn't do that shit anyway if we could have but like you're at that level they're they go to meetings they get all these these briefings like don't do this because you have information. It's the wrong thing to do. It's a violation of policy, violation of rules. Don't do it. It's the law. To it's it's, yeah. it's a criminal act against. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Jacob making even more adamant. Yeah. Like there's yeah, there's mean, reasons to not do it, and they chose to continue to do the wrong thing. And so it's it's hard because they are kids and they're young, and it's it's 
gambling on a sport, but like I think they're going to come down with the hammer of justice and make examples out of them. And it's something you've been told a billion times not to do. And you, yeah. I think they understood that they were in the wrong knowing uh, that that was going on. Um, this is going to get deeper and deeper and we're going to have more news come out. So we're going to jump to the next thing because we don't want to jump too far into stuff that we don't know. We just know the basics of it, what's been released. We're going to jump into the stuff that'll uh, get some blood boil in here. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah have officially announced that they will be joining the Big 12 in 2024. Along with that, Washington and Oregon are going to be a part of the Big 10 in 2024. This now brings four Pac-12 teams into um, the Big 10 and four into the Big 12. That is a total of eight teams leaving a conference that now is in flux. Like this could, this is probably the last year's of Pac-12 as we know it, unless they find a way to grab enough teams to keep that place afloat. Uh, but we, what we do know is that it has probably lost its Power Five blanket, right? Like it no longer has that distinguishment. Uh, when you look at these moves, let's talk big picture. We don't need to go team by team and what it means to the conference they're moving to. Big picture for the f- sport of college football. What are your thoughts? Schaefer, get us rolling. I know this is not a fun topic for any of us at all. Kind of, like a lot of us were not very happy with it, um, but you can go ahead and get us rolling on this. Yeah, for sure. For uh, Well, for personal reasons um, or for personal interests, I, so for anybody who knows, I like to go to an Iowa State away game every year. Um, it's just something I've done for probably the past half decade or so. Um, so when I first kind of heard the news, that part of me was was pretty excited. I, just an opportunity to go out west to you watch and the other fifteen people in Tempe at those games. Yeah, well, it, it'll just be a, it's just a fun <laughs> aspect. But job, obviously, uh, as the, as the sport as a whole, you know, this is this is going to hurt a lot more than make good in the long run. And and that just doesn't go for just college football. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are forgetting that. I think Eli Drinkwitz really, really said it. Well, if you haven't seen his um, press conference, yeah, uh, really I, good piece please go back and press conference. go listen to that. Yeah. This is going to affect the, you know, the swimming program and, and the softball players who have to travel overnights across country and, and are going to lose their funding um, from, from their football programs, not making money. So it's really going to hurt them. You know, but selfishly, it feels good to be on this other side because I was there, you know, 10 years ago when, when Nebraska and Colorado left the Big 12. And, you know, there was a talk about, you know, Texas and Oklahoma going to the big, uh, the Pac 12. And there was legitimate conversations like, where does this leave Iowa State? Iowa State was not a relevant football program at all. Um, it was just getting into the Hoiberg era as far as basketball. So they really didn't bring any value there. And there were serious talks about this team being a conference USA football team, which at the time was still a decent. That was group probably of one of your better G five conferences. Conference at the time. And and or a Mountain West team. So I, I remember. I mean, I was 13 years old, thinking I I had somewhat knowledge of college football, and I was at the point where like football games on Saturdays would not be the same if Iowa State is in conference USA. It just wouldn't. We didn't have the renovations yet. Uh, we didn't have any of that. We didn't get the same recruits. We would be playing Louisiana Tech on Saturday. The stadium, stadiums would be half empty. I'm sorry to those teams that for root for those teams and the, those group of fives. It just would be. So to be on this side uh, 10 years later, um, and then they were in talks about going to another conference when, when Texas and Oklahoma left right away. It does feel good. It feels like a little bit of vengeance, but as the college football fan in me, um, yeah, I do feel for the Washington states and Oregon states who are very similar to Iowa state. And that, that could have happened to us. It really yeah, well. 100%. Could have. I think um, anybody within uh, Iowa, even if they weren't in the big 10, like there are 
plenty of programs out there. Like you're looking at Northwestern or Purdue or Rutgers or Maryland that are that lucked out in their moves. And now looking at those, those you can't say that those, you know, are the spark that started the fire because this has been happening for a long time. Like you remember the dismantlement of the Southwest Conference and the Big Eight, uh, those merging together, the old SEC and different things like that. But I, I don't think those looking back at them. You move on. So, so they don't move anything like they didn't, they didn't change the landscape so much like this has, this has rocked the way you look at conferences and the way you're going to look at a playoff, the way you're going to have to look at Saturdays, the way you schedule, the way you look at playing other conferences, right? Like this rocks all of that in it in the long run. Like I I think you're going to see more programs like come back down to the middle that may be used to winning nine, 10 games or eight games. Like you may start winning five, six, because somebody has got to be bad in these conferences that you're putting all these talented teams in. And when you do that, you hurt fan bases, you hurt money, you hurt revenue, you're getting TV money. Awesome. Congrats on your TV money. None of the fans see that it ain't doing that much. Like you may do a couple renovations here or there, but it's not, it's not making the experience better. It's not changing the way you handle a Saturday. And here's, so like, I think here, for a while, my, that's going to be the way. Here's my question. And I just got list, done listening. I was in the middle of, you know, me and JP obviously, obviously talk about how we're big Josh Pay fans and he was going on a tangent because he's not a huge conference realignment guy. And he posed a question. And for once, I kind of disagreed with what he was talking about. And he thought that the college football landscape as a whole, as a fan base, they were not pleased with this conference realignment. He thought that there was a lot of people who who were displeased with this. And he thinks that the fans will start to revolt a little bit. And I think conference realignment will almost set back into its ways. And I, honestly, I kind of argue with him because – at the end of the day, football is football, and I don't see the Saturdays changing too much. You guys, how many times do we talk about we get the itch in July, yeah. in June? And it doesn't matter if my team won four games last year or if Iowa came off a 10-win season or if Nebraska mm-hmm. won three games. We are going to have the same attitude coming into every August and September. I just don't see the fans rebelling against the TV execs. And actually- The only people that are going to do that are your diehards who – like live, eat, breathe the sport as a whole, right? Like your so casual. You would fans, consider like, that us, correct? So yes, like you're I telling me these four people would be more of your diehards. They're paying attention to the whole sport. They care about the whole sport. But 80, 85 maybe percent of the people that watch the sport or go to the games are just there because they're they like the school. They went so to the you're school. telling me, Jordan, that you're gonna and everybody else can speak up on this. You're gonna start like, to not. Watch revolt, college I'm not football. saying stop watching. I'm saying like be vocal and like constantly bring it back into the fold like reminding people how stupid this is like what is wrong i think that's fine i think that's fine but i just don't see the ratings going down and i think that's going to be how it's going to change soon not anytime that's what i'm saying unless ratings actually start going down these people aren't getting their money there's no way these ratings drop the next two years right they're going to skyrocket because (laughs) because i tell you what jimmy and joe and fucking marissa that only watch every other game every Saturday are going to see, oh, Texas is playing? I hate them. But they want to watch them play Alabama, don't they? They want to watch <laughs> Oklahoma play Florida. It doesn't matter whether they know who plays quarterback or not. They watch the show. They move the numbers. Your diehards don't move the numbers. As much as that sucks, they don't have any say. They have less say than the general pop. You are not going to move needles with your diehard fan base. Are you going to get your consistent numbers? That's where you get your consistent numbers. That is your baseline. Are these people that you know will show up? They are marketing all this to – Fill pockets of guys who you'll never meet or see, 
uh, TV execs who are just going to be gone in five years, fired or a new one. And the general population that sees brand names and wants those like they're going to be like Oregon and the Big Ten. Oh, my God, it's going to be so cool. Or I don't or like a basic I don't like it because they're all the way out west. It doesn't help you, Sally. Like your opinion doesn't matter. You don't actually like like you. You don't like it because I got to go play Oregon. That's so dumb. You're still going to watch, aren't you? Parks, like, are you agreeing with me, disagreeing with me? (laughs) No, I'm agreeing 100%. I think there's three constants in college football that will never let it die. Tradition, game day experience, and rivalries. Those aren't going to go away. They're always going to be there. This is a great move by those TV executives. They are exactly doing what you just said. They're going to get Sally, Joe, and May to sit down and watch Texas now play um, LSU. LSU on a, on a Saturday night, but it hurts us because we're so passionate about the sport and we are the same way we would be with Texas and OU that we would be with Colorado and Boise State if we had $5 on it. And it's, so it's that's hard. why we have an opinion. Yeah, it's but hard to there, have, it's a great move. Like, do you agree that like it's hard to make new rivalries when you kill old ones just because you're playing a team every year? Like, I could... I could play Indiana every year. I'm never going to hate them and be a rival against them. Just because you threw Texas and played. I thought that was interesting. You said rivalries. There's some that come to my mind that won't be probably prolonged anymore because of all this. But for the most part, I think a lot of the rivalries have really been retained. Like even like for the Big 12 instance, BYU and Utah is back. Yeah, Um, but you you still have Texas and Oklahoma. You got to remember you had lost Texas and Texas A&M for a long time. And that was a top three rivalry in the sport. And it's but how many people? How but many people do you hear complain you put about that? If you twenty teams in a conference, you can't play only eight conference games. Otherwise, which, you're not going to play these teams. Like you're playing once every four years, so you're going to have to add nine or a tenth. Which game. is what I'm what I'm saying. You haven't taken away the big games to where like the the fan would lose its interest. And we're actually getting Texas and Texas A and M back. So unless they take away Auburn and Alabama, I don't think these fans are really going to be that affected by this. Well, no, because they're casuals. They're going to say they're with us. Oregon's going to say we'll do anything to continue to play Oregon State every year. Horseshit. Bullshit. No, you're not. Not if you got 10 games and you got to play 10 conference games in the Big Ten and you got two games left. You might buy a Boise State or you might buy a Fresno State, but I doubt you're going to pick up an 11th Power Five game by playing Oregon State. And if maybe, maybe that's no longer considered a Power Five game because maybe or- Oregon's going to lose funding. They're going to lose money into that program. They're going to lose interest nationally. They're going to lose interest locally when they're playing in the Mountain West or they're playing in a Pac-12 that has absorbed the Mountain West. No, like maybe I guess maybe I've talked myself back like, but it's just so frustrating that the regionalization is what made each conference so unique. And when you de-regionalize it, you don't keep some of those things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be harder for fans to go out there like you're not you're. Like Nebraska, Iowa, and Iowa State, all notorious for traveling really well to away games. It's hard for these guys for now. Like if they got to go to UCLA and USC in the same year, one of those is going to be empty with Nebraska fans. Or like it's hard. It's expensive, dude. Like it's not getting any cheaper to do so. And it ain't like the plane is going to be full paid for by the yeah, whole university. Flights like ain't getting cheaper and ca- tickets are definitely not getting cheaper. But California <laughs> ain't cheaper. cheap to go to. Ticket to watch them play UCLA might be cheap, but to get out there and then like live for a couple of days in hotels and food in California, that ain't cheap. It's like $13 gas out there probably, <laughs> you know, I'll just, like, I'll just say okay. this as a Nebraska guy. 
it don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Those guys will be there. They'll be there. I have no doubt about it. Let me ask. And, and same thing for your two fan bases. They'll be there. Yeah. Well, I think here. Here's. I think we should end the conversation on this. Let's go to the guy who is trying to become a try. Uh, Brand a new. Yeah. Let's as an outsider, Reese. Does it hurt you, Reese? You. Does it bother you? Did it like, or is it just like the sport will somehow adapt and this will become more normal than we think? The one thing that I saw before when you came on, I saw you tweet at somebody, JP, but it was talking about the, how the Big Ten is going to pick up. Like they're going to do ten conference games a year He's now. Motherfucker, Schaefer, and they're going to do later on that, and they're and they're, and they're going to do two non-conference games. So it's like bye bye, Cyhawks. So like, I think the big part of like just loving sports in general, growing up, playing whatever it was, you had a rival growing up that you played all the time, and. Losing that, like losing rivalries, I think in college football is one of the bigger sins you can do for the yeah. sport. I, I think keeping that is like it, it should, it's not going to be because it's not a big money grabbing thing. It's not, it's not important to the conference and the, all that realignment stuff. Like, but like, to a fan base, like your rivalry games are probably one of the more important games because in Iowa and Iowa State, they play once a year, but for 365 day, 364 days a year, that person can talk shit to that other fan base because of that game from last year. Yeah. And, and now you're going to be taking that way away. With- like no, nah, I don't that, talk shit. I'm a nice guy. Shut that's, the fuck up. <laughs> that's that's like way one, more than I thought. I just got that's heated one on thing this that I think like like little like little kids and just kids who are, or people who are passionate about their schools. You're going to be taking that away from them, and I think that's hurting the fan bases more yeah. than it's ever going to help grow the sport. One hundred percent. And then you look at like like somebody actually tweeted like people actually said this today. So there was rumors and tweets about the Big Shout Ten out, Jordan. going to going to 10 games. Um, this is probably due to the possibility of adding two more, getting to 20. And so you want to play more of these teams on a more regular basis rather than once every three or four years. Right. Well, in the tweet, it said like, there's going to be plans to try and keep these rivalries, your Oregon, Oregon state and any, you know, cross conference rivalries that exist in the current time. Well, somebody quote tweeted it and it's an Iowa account. All he said was bye-bye Cyhawk game. That's all he said. He didn't say like good, bad, nothing. But these people in the comments go good about time. Finally get rid of them. You are the worst humans in the history of ever. You are idiots. What, like, what do you really think that game? Like, does it really hurt you? You, you lost last year's and like, it, it just makes are no these sense. Iowa Why fans saying this, or is this yeah, Iowa State? These are Iowa fans truly thinking that they do not need to play Iowa State every year. I'm like, because you guys are the fucking worst. You're a bunch of dumbasses. It's you too. Don't even act like it. Like, if, don't even sit there and like Hot complain. These people, worst like, people ever. It is ridiculous that people actually believe that that's better for the program, or better for the sport, or better for the conference, or better for the state. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say the state's the yeah, big one. Fucking Indiana does. Are you serious? Like, you have to play Indiana every year. Why would you not want to play Iowa State every year? It's a we play four Indianas a year, damn it. God. Let's mix it up. Dude, it just drives – it's it's asinine. It's clown behavior is what it is. It drives me nuts. Short. It'll never die, though. If they if it does no. stop, the hatred will never die. I mean, I we haven't played Texas in 10 years. I still hate those motherfuckers as much as I did when I was eight. Yeah, but like – So it'll never die. Killing but it does that? suck to have it. No, it does suck. It does suck. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen because I love watching it go on. It's one of my Psychotic. few things I love in my life. All right. Well, we jumped into that recent news. We kind of got a little bit heated a little more than we wanted to. But that's, I mean, we had to let it go somewhere. And text messages don't quite do the 
deed of what we are needing to get out. Uh, let's re- revisit the 2022 season in the Big 12 real quick. Uh, we're going to shorten this one up because we want to jump into the teams a little more. Um, in 2022, Kansas State, not TCU, was your Big 12 champion winning that game. But TCU did make the playoff and won a game against Michigan and made a national title. That was a TCU team, if you remember, was like a win total of like seven or seven and a half when it was sitting in the middle of the conference and odds goes undefeated with big wins along the way, comeback wins along the way, exciting season, gets to a national title out of nowhere and be kind of became the baby of um, or the darling or Cinderella of uh, the U.S. and everybody in the country. Along with that, Oklahoma struggled last year. They dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, Venable's first year, they didn't look great. They got pounded by Texas when they basically had to play receivers and running backs at quarterback, their inability to do anything. And Texas had injury troubles and blew a couple games where they should have won and maybe been in that conference title game. Uh, And it wasn't the Texas or Oklahoma you thought you were going to get before the year, but it was an interesting year within the Big 12. Parks, you said you wanted to add on, on something with the revisiting last year. Yeah, I think last year played a huge part, especially when it came to conference realignment that people aren't realizing. I think it was so big for the Big 12 to get TCU and Kansas State, two teams that are not leaving, are going to be familiar faces, having a successful year. Because if you take that back and you say Oklahoma and Texas win the Big 12, one goes to the playoff, I don't know if the Pac-12, is that's their first spot to go to. I don't know if Utah, Arizona State... And those teams that join the Big Big 12 are not trying to go to the ACC now and not the Big 12 because they really made themselves, they set themselves in stone and it set it up better. It's, it was a great year for the conference because the teams that are leaving weren't the top of it. So I think back that's a to, huge Back to point. back, Oklahoma State and Baylor were before that as well. Yeah, so I think that's very big for them and I made it made them a hot spot in realignment talk. Yeah, tough look for Kansas uh, and Texas Tech and West Virginia, the three Big 12 teams that have not made a conference title game. And then you bring in programs that are perennially better than most of them. Uh, So it's going to be tough for them to get there unless they do it this year. Uh, And I'm going to doubt that on a couple of them. But let's jump into the new coaches real quick. Just one new hire within the conference. And it's not even a guy who was coaching um, in the Big 12 last year. And it wasn't even a Big 12 team last year. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle leaves Cincinnati to head to Wisconsin and take that job. They bring in Scott Satterfield from Louisville, and he will be the head guy there. I don't know about – we'll get into when we talk about Cincinnati, but I don't know. This hire was just interesting to me. I'm not sure um, it's the one I thought they were going to go with. But Cincinnati does grab Satterfield, and maybe he grows that program a little bit more and tries to maintain and plateau where they are, but tough to do it this year. Uh, Let's drop in to top transfers into the conference. Reese, start us off. Give me a couple transfers that either someone forgot about, they need to remind it about, you think it's going to be a big impact, big names. Give me a couple that you have written down and you wanted to talk about. First one I'm going to mention is Texas picked up a guy from Georgia, um, Adonai Mitchell. Wasn't the most impressive guy at, at Georgia. Still played for two years. Doesn't have stats to jump off the page to you. Um, 560 yards with seven touchdowns. Like I said, that's over two years. Um, but he just adds depth to an already stacked, probably one of the probably one of the best wide receiver rooms um, in the conference. Uh, and then another guy, uh, just because he's going to be very important for his program going forward. Um, they had to replace their starter for the past how many years? Um, Oklahoma State um, transfer quarterback um, Alan Bowman picked him up from Michigan. Didn't have much success there. Um, did start a true freshman at Texas Tech, so he has had success in this conference. So. He's going to be a guy that now people recognize right now, but as the season yep. progresses, he's the name that's going to be all over the place. I think this year, yep. uh, with the amount of snaps he gets, and in an Oklahoma State offense that needs a kickstart. Parks, you got a couple transfers you want to talk about? 
Yeah, Alan Bowman is on my list as well. I think people need to know that he set the Big 12 freshman passing record with Texas Tech. He threw for 605 yards in a win. Um, so the, it's a it's a big, strong arm. If you look at his Michigan situation, he had guys like Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy in the same room. So it's a spot where he's coming from a loaded room. He's a good player. He has potential. little injury prone, but he will be a big name. That's a great one out of Reese. And my other guy was... K-State brought in Treshawn Ward from Florida State, kind of had a roller coaster career, but he averaged six and a half yards a carry, and he's going to play a big spot in filling that hole mm-hmm. that they left with Deuce Vaughn getting drafted by the Cowboys. Especially in so, that offense. I think he'll thrive yep. in that one. Shaver's yep, so he'll split time. He'll split time, too. He'll split time with DJ Giddens, but he, he's going to be a big piece refilling Deuce. Schaefer, give me some transfers. I'm going to highlight the Oklahoma State Cowboys and how massacred they were from the transfer oh portal. In December, terrifying to look at that on paper. Um, but we'll get into that later. Dominic Richardson, arguably their top back, goes over to Baylor in a Dave Aranda offense that he is going to be a massive part of. That's the bread and butter of Baylor's offense is running the football. And Trace Ford goes over across the state to Oklahoma to fill up that Oklahoma defensive line. That is going to absolutely hurt because they are thin on the defensive line in Stillwater. So just going to highlight that team. Remind them one hundred percent. I have one that I just wanted to point out for the same reasons. We're going across, not state lines, but enemy lines within the same state. Uh, Paul Maley, offensive lineman, uh, all-conference guy from Utah, now at BYU, filling some voids that they need uh, at BYU with that offensive line. That's just one I wanted to mention quick. Austin Stogner comes back to Oklahoma after starting at Oklahoma, transferring, transferring with Spencer Rattler to South Carolina for a year, comes back to Oklahoma. I think one uh, that we definitely need to touch on that we had not is Keaton Slovis. Slovis. USC to Pitt last year where it didn't quite work out for him, had some injury troubles as well, heads to BYU of all places and lands there as a transfer. He is going to be a different kind of a quarterback than what they've had. Uh, if you think kind of back to what with Jaron Hall and you had um, Zach Wilson as well, guys that can move around the pocket and get out of the pocket and make plays with their legs. Slovis isn't that guy. He's more of a pocket presence. He's going to sit back and throw, uh, but he's going to be a better passer than what they've had. So I think that's going to be big for that offense. And then the last one I want to touch on is Jalen Catalan. This is a guy at Arkansas who really was a gem in a like pile of mud over there because that was a terrible secondary. But Catalan is a guy who can really help the Texas secondary that was already good last year and just sharing that up and making more depth pieces. Catalan is going to be a guy to pay attention to. Does anybody else have any that weren't mentioned that they want to touch on? Because I think these are all names that they're going to want to know when the season comes up. Andrew Good Anthony parks. is a guy from Michigan that uh, looks to be a wide receiver one in a room at, at Oklahoma that desperately needs a playmaker this year. So that's a guy. And you yeah, can remember him. I believe that is the touchdown receiver in the Michigan-Michigan State game. That was like a 7-6 matchup. Not Blazing speed at Andrew Anthony. Stud wide receiver. That's a big pickup. Good call. Yeah, this is a conference that is going to have good receiver rooms and good running back rooms is kind of as I looked through everything, um, especially the running back rooms that some of these places is very talented. That probably wasn't talked about as much when you talk about uh, more high flying offenses within the Big 12. Before we move on to our first tier breakdown, I'm just going to outline the transfer classes for these teams within the top 25. Oklahoma landed your eighth best transfer class, TCU number 21, Oklahoma State 22, and number 23 was Baylor. Those are your top 25 transfer classes for this cycle. Now let's jump in to team tier breakdowns. We're going to start off in the favorites category as we had the last couple of times. I think that's worked out well for us uh, with teams we want to outline a little bit more. Starting off with your league favorite, who's just a shade over even money to win the conference, the Texas Longhorns. Texas 
last year, not having the year they quite wanted. Sark's still there, thinks he's got his best team he's had uh, in his three years there. They're recruiting well, they're getting in the portal well, and they're growing a program uh, slowly but surely. But this is the year that people are saying it is theirs to win before they head off to the SEC. Who would like to start on the Longhorns? What do you want to talk about with this? I think this is there's a lot on this team that um, is the outline, I think. It's the biggest team to talk about. I think it's one of the biggest teams to talk about in the country, let alone the Big 12, to be honest. I think for the last year in the Big 12, it's only fitting that this ends with one of the highest expectations that this program, I think, has had in at least a decade, I I would imagine. Mm -hmm. We know that Texas always gets talked about as a playoff contender every year, but this team legitimately has the talent to do so. Um, They're looking for their first conference title since 2009. 2009. This team hasn't won a Big 12 title. A long time. 2009. It's just ridiculous. And they barely won won that. I was watching it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's talk about the talent a little bit. Quinn Ewers comes back. Uh, He's leading an absolutely loaded offense with nine starters returning. Uh, Reese touched on A.D. Mitchell even filling up a loaded, loaded Loaded wide receiver room. You have... Uh, you have him, you have Xavier Worthy. Everybody knows he's been there for probably three or four, I mean, seems like three or four years now. He's he's probably a dark horse Heisman contender. You got Jatavion Sanders, who's probably the best tight end in the conference. Uh, and Jordan Whittington is an, if he, he'd probably be a number one on most of these teams in the big I say, I'd like, I like the Jordan Whittington kid. I think he's a great slot spot for them. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy, when you go back and look, he makes big catches and he's kind of the check down guy and he's always there. Right. Um, when you have super speed with Mitchell and um, Worthy out there, it's good to have another guy there that you can rely on in a number three, especially in an offense like that. Um, when you look at those three weapons, you lose a weapon in the backfield, though. You lose B. John Robinson, probably one of the best running backs we've seen in recent memory. Um, it's going to be a little bit more, you know, Ewers had his uh, accuracy problems last year this has got to be the year where he steps up because it's going to be less of the run game. They're not going to have that starter power as much back there. Um, again, they're going to have the ability to grow on that, but he's going to have to get more accurate and get the playmakers, the football, the defense last year was solid, but it wasn't incredible. I think when you look at um, overall, they were ranked number five uh, in pick six previews opponent adjusted per play metric. So basically I think I've explained this before your yards given up per play depending on who you're playing. So if you're giving up five yards to Utah, it's a little bit different than giving up five yards to San Jose State. Uh, I think that's a piece that's different. When you look at the defense, though, you're going to have to rely on some young talent. I don't know if you guys kind of saw that going through there. There's just some young talent, but there is, like we said, talent all over the place. Uh, Alfred Collins, Byron Murphy, Anthony Hill, all guys that are going to be studs with on this defense, but it's going to be the defensive backfield man like we talked about with Jalen Catalan the DBs are gross this is a really good group and I think they're going to have to be with the big 12 and a lot of the offenses and high-flying quarterbacks and receivers they have around them uh does anybody have anything that would continue to add on to Texas when you look at this team what do you see on paper I think you have a Heisman hopeful quarterback right like he's going to be in that conversation especially early in the year but they play a really really tough team on the road week two they could go play Bama so not the easiest schedule. They almost complete the Texas road trifecta with the new additions of some teams. So not the easiest schedule. They have some tough road games, especially towards the end of the year. They go to Ames and play an Iowa State team. Not the easiest place to play, especially with that dog shit grass they play on. Um, so you never know. Reese, talk some Longhorns with us. 
big thing that jumps out to me, I, I mention it every time I see it uh, written down in the magazine, is they return all five of their guys on the line. And those are guys that blocked for B.J. Robinson and made him into the stud that he was. You got guy can't run if he doesn't have a good line blocking for him. And they got all those guys back, so wherever there's going to be the guy this year, um, he's going to do just fine because of them. And then the other thing I saw is uh, they're returning three or four on the defensive side of the ball on the line, and they led the nation uh, in QB pressures in 22. So they don't make it very comfortable for the quarterbacks to get settled in and at a conference where they love to throw the ball. So if they're able to repeat that success and make guys uncomfortable, make them do different things um, schematically for the games, it's a team that, like you guys keep mentioning, it's theirs to lose. Um, this is a team that should do it. Parks mentioning the schedule. Their home schedule is very favorable, but, I mean, their only two hardest home games is, um, I guess, I mean, Oklahoma's not even a home game. It's um, a neutral side game, but, like, K-State's their hardest game at home. Um, other than that, it's pretty favorable for a home schedule. And this team will be favored in every single game but that Alabama game. Yeah, barring any injury. I think 11 or 12. So, I think, also, like, Schaefer posed a question for you. So, when you – replace a guy like Bijan, but you have a good offensive line and you're going by committee. Is this a team that you think is going to be able to get a really good run game going and they kind of stick with a guy depending on the game or how they're feeling, or are they going to have to find a guy early? Like, what do you think would be their best move here? They, no, they got I, I three guys not, and one of them being the number one running back in the 23 class. Yeah, that's exactly right. The talent, the talent isn't short there. Um, and I honestly, I don't know if it has to be overly talented when you have a pass game with weapons on the outside, as good as they do and a seasoned veteran line at every single spot, running the football should be fairly easy, as long as Quinn Ewers can do his job. If you can put that much pressure on the secondary and on the back end with your passing game, things are going to open up for you, especially with that offensive line at the run game. Yeah, C.J. Baxter is the five-star freshman you were talking about. He's going to be a stud. I don't know how much he's going to play a ton, but Jonathan Brooks I think is probably going to be their number one guy. Uh, and then they even look at Keelan Robinson from Alabama who transferred in a couple of years ago. I mean, you're going to get – just guys cycled through. I don't think there's going to be one guy and I don't think there necessarily has to be. They had the best running back in college football last year and it wasn't indicative to how good their offense was. It's, yeah. it's the other pieces that make such a key part in it. So I wouldn't look into the running back position too much when looking at this team's success. 100%. And when you look at Texas and the win total at nine and a half, like I was saying earlier, it's going to come down to the quarterback play. Can viewers get a little more accurate, a little more consistent? Again, he showed sparks last year, but there are also times where you're kind of looking around. I don't think this he's on a short leash or anything. I just think if this team's going to win 10 games or win 11 and make a playoff or win the Big 12, he's going to have to be the main focus of that. With a win total at nine and a half, fellas, are we thinking over under for the Longhorns? Um, noting that they do play a most of the teams within the Big 12 that are a little more challenging, as well as a road game at Alabama. Over, under for the Longhorns in 2023. What are we thinking? Around the horn here. Over. I think it, I think it hurts, but I have to go over. Hurts? I got the under. I'm going to be the opposite out here. Yeah, I think I see a 9-3 and three team here. They play too many tough games on the road in state, so going to be some wild what? atmospheres there. And Give the three me. I have worked at okay. Alabama – Yep. At TCU, and I think they dropped that game in Ames. That's just okay. one of those weird spots. Nine and three. Gotcha. Okay. I have him at 10 and two as well. I think you lose Alabama game, but I think within the Big 12 and how tough it's been at the top, especially with a couple other teams that we'll get to here quick, I think you lose one of them. Don't ask me which one. I just think there's a slip up somewhere, right? It's hard it's for a team to go 11 and one. Um, but I'll take 10 and two. I think this is going to be a talented football team. Problem is you're still in the 14 playoff era. Two team or two losses probably won't get you in the playoff. Let's jump to their rival, 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 
Woof. You said it right the first time. Red I, yeah, Rubber I was like Red Ribble Rubber. Rubber you can't. Yeah, Red, Red Ribble Rubber Rubber. Yeah. It, it's a tongue twister. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the Oklahoma Sooners with a win total at nine and a half suffered their first losing season since 1998. Of course, that's including the bowl game that made them six and seven. Jeff Lebby is a good hire for this team at offensive coordinator. They're going to change a little bit what they do. They bring back Dylan Gabriel. Where do we land on the Sooners? What are we seeing with the Sooners? I think this is interesting to kind of look where they are. They need to take a step up. I think Venables is a good hire. I still think he's a good hire. I don't think he needs to catch the flack he is currently. Where are the Sooners going? Where are they going to be in 2023? Parks, if you want to lead us off, let's talk a little bit about him. Yeah, I think you got to, obviously, you've already mentioned, but Dylan Gabriel is one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12, right? He can run it. He can throw it. Like, he had some injury problems last year, which knocked him down a peg. Um, but they did have some really impressive outings, including uh, at the time they played a very good Kansas team, and then they lost in their bowl game th- by three points to a 2023 ACC favorite. So how bad can that team be? I'm a very big believer in Brett Venables and his product. He's a defensive mind. I think he'll get these guys to the right spot, and this is going to be a big jump for him. Um, overall, I'll just tell you now, I, I have him under as well. I think that this is an 8-4 and four team. It's just a tough schedule, and there's some tough spots, and I don't know if they're going to be to that spot yet. And they I kind of like their healthy. schedule. The schedule's nice. I think their schedule's favorable, but I just don't – I don't know if the talent's there with this group. You don't see it. I, and, and it's weird. You know, I'm looking at Athlon's ratings, and they have this group based on the on the conference. They got it like third-best quarterback, second-best running back, fifth-best receiving room, second-best offensive line, and I just don't see it. I, this was a team that started off 3-0, and kind of like this year. They just didn't have a very tough schedule to start. The defense got exposed, which was something nobody ever saw coming, especially with a Brett Venables-led team. I look at the receiver position specifically. You got Jaleel Farouk and Drake Stoops. I mean, those guys would be three options, number three options on any other team in the Big 12. I'm sorry. And Andrew, Dude, Drake Stoops is product number one for, for Dylan Gabriel. He throws to Drake Stoops <laughs> a lot. Exactly. That's my point. And the Anthony kid they're going to look at, he, like I said, he's got a lot on his shoulders this year. If he wants to take this offense to the next level, they lost Eric Gray last year. Javante Barnes is somebody they're super high on at the running back position. We'll see it. I, I, I'm, there's no doubt. I think a uh, Oklahoma led running back can, can't isn't talented. I mean, that's one thing Oklahoma always has. They were zero and five in one score games last year. Uh, you know, they turned a couple of those around. Maybe an eight eight win nine through nine win season last year looks a little differently going into twenty twenty three. Uh, this defense gave up almost 2,500 rush yards last year. Total. It that was, is nuts. Is that good? Must <laughs> have been after week three. Oh, it's woof. I mean, that's bad. Like, And I see what you're saying with this team. I, I think I might be a little more high on them than you guys. I think one thing to pay attention to is you remember when Williams was a freshman and you still had uh, Rattler starting. I think if Gabriel comes out slower or maybe not to expectations, Jackson Arnold's getting some calls, mm-hmm. right? I think they're going to look at this. Oh, you know that like, fan base will be calling for yeah. him. I mean, they – Those ungrateful little shit. They, they like they to – that. They were calling for Caleb Williams, and then Caleb Williams struggled for one game. They're calling for Rattler back. I was like, you better make up your mind. You can't – not vote. real. Yeah. Oklahoma fans aren't real. <laughs> they uh, – when you look yeah, at this team, time. you're going to have to reset a lot of spots with the portal talent. Um. I think the 23 class was solid. This is the best class I've ever had. It's not actually under Lincoln Riley. It's under Venables, which is interesting to see. And they know they got to get better on defense because that's what his focus was. 
it seems like the interior of this defense is going to be a more improved. I think it has to be if you're giving up 2,500 rush yards in a season, right? Like you're going to have to get better in the interior and an easier schedule definitely helps. Like we kind of talked about a little bit, but I don't know. Is this a high end Oklahoma team or is this a consistently, you know what you're getting week in week out with this team? Like, do you think they're good enough to win 11 games? I don't like, I, I don't think you're going to be ever astonished with what Oklahoma is doing this year, but I think you're going to get a consistent team that is um, constantly growing and getting better each week. Right. That's where I see this team. Any more thoughts on them? Like anything that you kind of wanted to touch on? Cause this is, it's a team that I'm not hundred percent sure on, but I'd like to give them the nod because of the program, because of where they've been. And I do think Venables is still the guy. Reese, what do you got on the Sooners? I mean, they really only have, I'm looking at it, one hard place to play on the road. They go to Oklahoma State. I mean, Kansas is, they're better now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, remember how bad Oklahoma is in, in at Kansas. Oklahoma is a bad team at Kansas, at least for a half. Ever since the Baker, Baker Mayfield like, nut shot. That's, yeah, that did happen. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they have their toughest team they play at neutral site game with Texas. But looking at their schedule, like SMU Week 2, I think is going to be tougher than people give give them credit for in that one too. Uh, you can find out some stuff about that team then. But schedule looking at them, they're not, they, they, could, they could very easily go 8-4, and 7-5, but I just don't think it's going to be a very impressive team. They, they'll take steps in the right direction, but I just don't see them doing anything crazy this year like on the F magazine I got it has them predicted as number two in the conference and I don't have them anywhere near that they went to a, mm. the, the portal overhaul to fill a mm. lot of those spots on defense for the problems they had last year um, I think they were good replacement guys I mean Desan McCullough is going to be a nice transfer from Indiana was a freshman all-american I mean I talked about Trace Ford before but I just always I'm always curious for those teams that do make a huge overhaul in the portal just a lot of different guys entering the locker room. It's kind of the stuff nobody really talks about. You got guys who were the dude at, at everywhere else, and now they're coming in here thinking they're going to be the man. How does that fare well? I, I, is Brent Venables a good culture coach? I guess maybe we find out. Fixing to find out. Yeah, when you look, well, just one more thing to touch on. Not a great secondary last year, and they bring back three of the four guys that got a lot of time. It's got to improve. It's got to improve quick, especially playing in the Big 12, as we've touched on a couple of times. Current win total sits at nine and a half for this football team. Parks had already said he's calling under. I got Schaefer with an under. Parks or Reese with an under as well. I I don't want to say 10, but like I would lean over. Wow. I think the schedule. That's when a... you look at the schedule, like I'm not scared of any of it. And I think schedule they're going to take. Easy. I get, will give you that. Yeah, they're going to get some leaps and bounds. They're going to lose a couple games. Like this team's not going 12 and 0 but I think they're going to be a lot more consistent and a lot more gritty. Um, and I think that offense is just going to get better. So yeah, I think 10 and two is doable. Um, again, it's not going to get you in. It may not even get you into the big 12 title game. It's not going to get you in the playoff. That's for sure. But it's interesting to see where this team will stand in about 12 months when we're looking back at it. Um, so that's Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to jump onto the next one, Kansas state, Kansas state Wildcats, your big 12 champions, in the year of 2022, Colin Klein, still the offensive coordinator in Manhattan. He is not going to Notre Dame, even after strong push from that program out in South Bend. Is Will Howard going to be the guy? Is he going to continue to get better and better? Did he not get the love he deserved last year? I lean towards the latter. I think he was a better quarterback than what he's given credit for. Um, 
he placed third in the Big 12 in yards per attempt in QBR last year when he was playing. Again, they did have Adrian Martinez last year. So when Martinez was down, Will Howard stepped in and he looked fine. I don't think there's any problem with that. I think it's a great system for a guy like him. He's that Skylar Thompson type. He's that Colin Klein type. Like That's what he does. I think this is going to be a better football team than what people see. But I don't – at eight and a half, it's tough for me to outline um, where they get their losses. Is this a team – that challenges for another big 12 title. Do they take a step back or do they kind of sit in their nine and three, eight and four, seven and five realm where they've lived for, it feels like decades. Go ahead, Parks. Okay. Well, I was just taking a look at the first couple of days of fall camp and it seems like Will Howard's really stepped into that leadership role that he needed to. Like I've already talked about, they, they filled some spots, but they did lose a lot. I would say six or seven of their best players. They lost. They retained one in a linebacker position, but Trayshawn Ward will play a big role in, in the, the end of the season result for these guys. I think that we need to look at the head coach, right? That's where it starts, the culture he builds. Chris Kleiman just seems to get the best out of his team most weeks. So I think they're going to be a sneaky contender again. I know they lost a lot of big spots, and Adrian Martinez played well in those first five or six weeks before he got hurt. But Will, Will Howard's no joke. So this team's going to be around for a while. It's a It's a – very, very good special team school as well. So um, I'm high on the Kansas State team again this year. I think they win nine games. I mean, people people love to talk about the surprise that Will Howard was last year, but I mean, people forget this guy stepped in for Skylar Thompson when he got hurt in 2020. I mean, he has yep. been around the block, and he's finally going into his first year where he's the guy. So he's had an offseason of like learning everything, Kleiman's adjusting to his play style. This is his offense to run next year. Uh, the only thing I, I am a little concerned on is the the, the weapons that they lost. You, you know, yeah, when you 100%. lose a, you, we talked about Texas before and losing Bijan Robinson and like they'll fill those spots. Losing Deuce Vaughn for this Kansas State offense is not going to be an easy task to replace. Um, they're going to go to guys you talked about before. Parks mentioned, um, and then the receiver group is. I mean, you get Philip Brooks back, but it, it kind of has a lot of question marks. They're going to rely on Ben Sennett as their passing guy to go to at the tight end position I think they need to find a guy to give the ball to at the running back position uh, but I think you're you always know what you're going to get out of a Chris Kleiman coach team they're not going to make mistakes Park said they're very good on special teams they execute uh, you just know what you're going to get out of this team and I think eight yeah. to nine wins is easy and bringing right. back that offensive line that helped a ton last year and in a scheme where they're mm-hmm. very important they want to run the football they want to move around they want um to cause you know pressure and win the trenches on both sides of the football. So bringing back that offensive line definitely helps, especially when you're breaking a new running back into the scheme and you need the weapons to grow into their spots, right? Um, the defense does has a, does have the turnover, but the veteran linebacking group I think is going to help out a ton. Uh, anytime you have leaders in the middle of a defense, it does a lot to enhance progression to getting better or getting people more comfortable within a scheme, right? Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything that they're trying to do defensively, but you need leaders no matter what the scheme is and what the team is, right? And majority of that time that comes from your linebacking core. Um, players develop in a climbing scheme. Like they develop in a program. And so maybe he, these are kids who just need a little playing experience to get confidence and then they'll be a little more comfortable. Or maybe that's just what he does, right? Like maybe he just can instill people um, with that confidence right away and plug and play. Are they going to be as good as what they've had? Maybe not, but they might be just as serviceable as you need them to be. Reese, anything to add on the Wildcats? They have probably the toughest, I think, road schedule 
They go to Stillwater. They go to Lubbock, and they also go uh, to Texas as well. And then Kansas, second last game of the year, week eleven. I mentioned before it's not a place to play, but it's a but it's they're they're a better team. It's not you're just like oh I'm going to Kansas playing yeah. this year. Um, home games they look all right, but like I said, their their road games I think are going to be harder for them to win compared to other teams in the conference going on the road. So they can find a way to split those. Again, I agree with you guys. I think nine eight wins is very doable. I don't think they're competing mm-hmm. for the title this year, but it's still a, it's still a program that's going to be be salty this year. Yeah, 100%. Like Schaefer and everybody said, you know what you're going to get out of a program run by climate, especially before climate. You know what you were getting out of Kansas State majority of the years. Win total eight and a half. Where do we see this team going? Park said he's a little bit higher on him. I think he said around nine. Over under eight and a half for the Wildcats. Yeah, over. I had him at nine and three. I'm Reese, nine four. and three. Over. I have under as well. Um, four. I have eight and four. I, I think. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say they're going to be bad because I don't think they're going to be a bad football team, but I think you need more experience in some spots. I think you don't have the talent maybe you had. You may not get away with stuff you had in the last couple of years. So I, th- I just think they need a little more giddy-up to them and to get over that eight-win hump. Uh, is that to say they won't go out and win nine, ten games? I'm not saying that. I just feel like they're at this point I don't see that happening. Um, and you add in a road game at Missouri that's supposed to be better than they were last year. I know Kansas State stomped them last year, but this is going to be a different Missouri team as well, and we'd covered that in the SEC preview. That is it for the favorites. Does anybody have anything we missed on any of those three teams you want to add in? Those three are done. We're jumping into contenders now. It's the Big 12. They're not favorites. Everybody's a contender. <laughs> a bet man would say they're definitely not favorites. You get anywhere from five to eight is where you get your conference champion from. So let's jump into teams right in the middle of this conference. TCU, the Horn Frogs, your non-Big 12 champions, your undefeated college football and national championship uh, participants. Sit with a win total at seven and five. This is a team that people think, I think you're either high on them or you think they're going to take a big step back. I haven't seen a lot in the middle with this team when I'm reading things and looking around different sites. When you look at the Horn Frogs, where do you guys see in? Let's break them down a little bit because this is going to be a team we're going to have to refresh some names with uh, some people because there's a lot of turnover and the bigger names are not there anymore. Yeah, I'll leave the na- names to Shafe, but you got to take a look at kind of what they lost. This team brings back three returning starters. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? Because you're talking about a team that had three 17 points or more comebacks last year to go undefeated. So it was a team that skidded by some of their wins and honestly definitely should have lost in some of their spots. Max Duggan obviously is the biggest piece they lose. He was a huge piece in all that com- all of those comebacks, so I really expect a turn for the worst for this team. I do not see them. Um, being a really a contender in this conference. I, I think this is going to be a down year for the Frogs. This is a Agreed. offense that is last in returning production from a year ago. Reese? They lost their offensive coordinator. They have an unproven quarterback who was a starter last year, but got injured. Um, they lost their top five weapons. Um, they're very inexperienced on the line. I, Parky's saying, I just don't see them being a team that's going to be very solid this year. Um did it right in the portal. They picked up a running back um, from Bama um, and Trey Sanders. But with, with the offense, that was their catalyst last year. And don't forget, this was a team, too, where I believe it was at Baylor. They had to score a last-second field goal to win that game, too. If they lose that early in the year, probably not mm-hmm. going to be in that title game. Like They had all the comebacks. It was a Cinderella season for them. Obviously, title game was nothing what it was supposed to be for them. But they just I just don't see them being a very 
contender like team this year. Well, with two people on our podcast saying that this is not going to be good, Schaefer, do we want to tell them why we think they might be better than people think? Because I I might well, be a little higher on well, them than these guys. Okay, so let's let's backtrack a little bit. You you talked about are they going to have a down year? Well, if they go eight and four, is it a down year? Because how many sixteen point comebacks did they have in the fourth quarter last year? They just think on the right side of every single in one. The of last them. two weeks, in the last two weeks, if they're not in contention or in a current Big Twelve title spot, I think people will say it's a down year. Now, is that fair? Probably that, not. But it's, it's, that's what it's people not. Will say. But are we going to call this team like Alabama JV this year? Is that what we're, I love their transfer? Is, like some of their transfers. Is that what we're referring to them? Well, let's talk about a couple of them. Reese mentioned Trey Sanders. They bring in right tackle, Tommy Brockmeyer. And then the big one, I think, is JoJo Earl. Um, that's a piece at the receiver position that is going to fill some um, some shoes. But they also go to Oklahoma State, and they bring in J.P. Richardson. And they have Savion Williams, who has like Quentin Johnston similar size that they're going to want to yep. throw the ball to. But – I think Duggan losing Duggan was was tough. I but I think Chandler Morris will find his spot. I think he's talented enough. I don't think talking about losing Quentin Johnson gets brought up enough because he wasn't he was a security. He's a great bailout option, wasn't he? Yeah, a big size, big hands. He was fast. He was an absolute stud. He did not get the recognition he deserved last year. Um, offensively, the offensive line they're losing three guys last year that started every single game. This was a team that. Didn't get hit by the injury bug, which helped. So will they run that luck in 2023? It's tough to say. Um, and then defensively, I, you look at Johnny Hodges. I think he's a first-team all-conference guy. But there's not a bunch of dudes on that side of the ball that really stand out to me. I mean, this wasn't like an outstanding defense by any means last year. No, but I do think this secondary is solid. I, I think this is one of your better secondaries within the conference. Um, and – it's a big deal because when you run a three, three, five, right? Like five, of the guys out there, you're going to have to have death pieces. You're going to have to be able to play more than five DBs when you're playing five at a time. I think this is one of the better secondaries. Now, can the front six in this case, like, can they get better? Like they're going to have to, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't have a defense where you're constantly relying on your DBs to come up and make all the plays and lock everything down. When they're getting gashed to the run, they're going to have to respect it more and come up. And we've seen it um, every year and in every pretty much every college football game, you see this situation where the run game, somebody gets diced up in the trenches and over the top, somebody goes, right? I think when you look at TCU, though, the running back will be fine. They're going to split carries three ways, most likely. They're going to need the defense to get a little bit better and a little more consistent. But I think Bryles needs to be talked about a little more. Like, that's a good hire, right? Like, that's a guy who's used to the Big 12. It's a guy who can create explosive um schemes in plays where you have guys just wide open like situations last year where you saw Duggan um just have Johnson wide open or in Ohio State games when you just see guys streaking down the middle of fields when they're wide open that's that's what they'll do and I think that's what Bryles will bring to the table keep adding on to the Horn Frogs I think this is a team we're a little more decisive on between the four of us does anybody have anything they want to continue to add I got the one thing. The one thing I just want to add is, if you look at their schedule, the last five weeks are are probably a, the tougher stretch. That's your, that's that's be. your season. Yeah, right that's there. it right there. They go to Manhattan, to Lubbock, to Austin, or no, they have uh, Texas at home. They got Baylor at home, then they go to Norman. Well, like, that you, is their season. You could argue that the first seven games. I mean, that's an opportunity. I think they'll be favored in every game. 
the first seven weeks. They can go win those games, yes, yeah. They, but you, I can, agree. you can look phenomenal going and winning those games, but the last those five teams at the end of the season are who are you could be a dog in all five of those games. It. Yeah, like that's who but, you got to beat if you want to have a shot to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it is a tale of two seasons. I think that's a good outline of the schedule and where TCU, I think they know that, right? I think this fan base knows that it's a tale of two seasons within one. You're going to have your first seven and your last five. Your last five are going to tell you everything you need to know. You can be 7-0 and and end up 7-5 and or 7-0 and and come out of there 12-0 and again for all we know, right? Like this is going to be a conference of – it's it's a meat grinder in the middle of this conference. There's a lot of teams with seven and a half, eight and a half, six and a half win totals. There's going to be a lot of one-score games that could go any way. They did have the old uh, luck of the draw last year with a couple things. Do they get it again? It's hard to say they will. Schaefer, anything more with the frogs? Parks, anything more with the frogs you want to touch on? No, yeah, I, it's not a hot take. It's not a hot take, but I think they're going to start seven and zero and finish seven and five. And then just touching on what Reese said, that would be wild. Yeah. It would be, but it's not on world like other world. Is it? Last year. Do you think here? Or Schaefer, help me out with this. Do you think Chandler Morris is going to be – how good do you think he can be? Do you think he is going to be just a guy they plug? And he won the job last year. We have to remember that, right? Is he going to be um, elite? Is he going to be a better like top-end quarterback in the Big 12? Or is he just going to be the middle-of-the-road guy that gets the job done, maybe doesn't turn it over a ton? Well, we got to remember that – we got to remember the Max Duggan narrative – up until last year. I mean, he was honestly a guy that disappointed. I mean, there was a reason Duggan didn't start going into last year and why Chandler was the yeah. guy. I think he's a nice piece. Um, a little undersized, I think, at his position. But I think he's... A little quick. bit of a better arm. Yeah, and I think he's quick enough. Um, and honestly, I think his ceiling's higher than Max. But uh, will it happen this year? Not sure. Uh, and then, obviously, you're coming off a... a not a season long injury because he was kind of replaced at that point, but he's coming off an injury. He's got to stay healthy all year. Uh, will he be protected with this new offensive line and will he be able to make his own plays? I, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to absolutely um, catch anybody's eye on the national stage by any means, but I think he's good enough to get eight wins. So yep. I'll take the over by the 100%. way. <laughs> I have him at eight and four. Oh. I have him at eight and four. Um, I, a huge deal there because I think, I guess I could see him going seven and zero, but it, we'll come back to this Colorado thing. I don't know what Colorado's going to be. Nobody knows. It's week one. Literally, Colorado could go one and eleven and just look good week one. But I think eight and four is right where I have this team now. That's still a situation where you could find yourself playing for a Big Twelve title, like depending on how the year goes. Right. Um, that's the finishing touches touches on the Horn Frogs. Let's jump to a team I think a lot of people are high on, and a team where you look in Lubbock and it's a passionate fan base out in West Texas in the middle of nowhere that saw a little bit of a revitalization last year and now is a dark horse for a lot of people to make the big 12 title game, maybe in place of Oklahoma or Kansas state this year. This is a team that has not been to a big 12 title yet. What do we think about Joey McGuire's red Raiders? There's a lot to talk about this team. I, I, if you had to pick a sleeper team, would would it be this team? I guess mine's not. I don't know if you're sleeping on them just because of all the talent they if bring. Everybody back. talks about them. Yeah, uh, Zach Kittley came in last year and kind of brought back almost the old Mike Leach days. It was it was kind of nice to see. Not nice on my end. I remember Bailey Zappi? What's that? Yeah, this is a guy that got Bailey Zappi yep. name all over the place. So this is that guy. Yeah. So look for him to to continue this progress with fireworks on offense. Um, Tyler Shuck 
coming back is is the favorite. He's going to start again this year, but they went through three guys last year. They were hit with the injury bug. Um, Shuck's kind of been around for a couple of years now. Can he just stay healthy, man? Like that's that's the big thing with me. Uh, his his start at Oregon wasn't great, um, and now I think he's got the talent. He's just got to stay healthy. He rushed over a hundred yards last year, numerous games. So he's a dual threat guy that I don't think people really associate that with him. Um, they're switching some stuff around at the tackle positions. Uh, what you expected is Zach Kitley's offense. They're going to be aggressive on fourth down, um, mm-hmm. and, but they turned the ball a lot over in their aggressiveness. If they can like limit the turnovers, I think that this offense will take that next step. And who knows, maybe they break the streak and, and get to a conference championship. I think when you look at Shuck and this team, I think I think it's a serviceable quarterback in the Big 12. I'm not going to sit here and say he's bad quarterback. I'm not going to say he's an elite quarterback either. But here's a problem you also run into is that Donovan Smith, a guy who had a lot of those snaps last year, now transfers out. But you have Morton back there. Is Morton, if we run into another injury issue with Shuck, is Morton going to help out or is he just going to take a little step back? Like it's an interesting thing to look at. But it helps when you got 75% of your production back on offense. You bring back – all five of your top pass catchers. That's awesome to see, especially in a scheme like that where you, the route running is a big part of it and where you need to be on the football field in just chemistry with a quarterback, right? That is a team that I think that's why people are so high on them is the return in production everywhere. you 52% on defense. Maybe that's not as um, deep and dark as you might think. I think it might be an addition by subtraction kind of thing. Maybe they're just getting better in that. Um, one thing to look for in the future with this team, though, in the new Big 12, McGuire is well-known throughout Texas football. That's high school ranks. That's college ranks. This is a guy who can get recruits to Lubbock because he has connections and well-known out there and well-respected too. And that's a part that people maybe not think of in the recruiting world. They improved on defense last year. Can it get better? I think it needs to get into the top 50, top 45 nationally to really make sure this team takes the jump they need to. Can they get there? I'm not sure. Um, The past defense needs shirt up and it needs shirt up quick. Uh, with this schedule, you're going to play Oregon, can air it out. West Virginia is going to try to be more ground and pound this year. Houston will air it out. Kansas State probably is going to try to do a little bit of both. Uh, BYU, TCU, UCF, and Texas, all teams that can air it out. That's going to have to get shored up quick. When you think Red Raiders, Parks, what comes to mind in 2023? I just think you got to take a second and appreciate kind of what Joey McGuire did there last year. I mean, this is a team that hasn't had a winning record in Big 12 play in a decade until last year. So he's in the right direction. I think an interesting storyline to follow, as you mentioned, JP, is Shug gets to face his, his old team week two. Um, so there's going to be a lot that of headlines around them. In yeah. Lubbock, that, which so is that, going to be awesome atmosphere. That's a game circled for both teams. That, that'll that be a great baseline to tell you really if this Texas Tech team is going to be a contender or not just because Oregon's yeah. going to be a good football team this year. Um, but I got to give a shout out to Jory McGuire for accomplishing that at Texas Tech, and I'm glad to see them back in the mix. Texas Tech, a favorite of a lot of people in NCAA 14 because of their uniform or uniform combos they use. Reese, look at this Texas Tech team. Where do you see improvement? Do you see anywhere they improve a ton? Do you see like deficiencies anywhere? What are you seeing? No spoilers for later in the show, but I'm high okay. on the team this year. I think they're okay. gonna have. I think they're gonna have a healthy year. Um, what is your favorite part about this football team? Second best offense in the Big Twelve last season, 461 yards a game, 34 points a game, and you mentioned they brought back their all their guys, their quarterback. Um, their defense wasn't a joke either. They led the Big Twelve with 31 sacks. They had the ninth best ninth best red zone offense uh, for last season too in the country. Not just in the Big Twelve in the country. 
So it's a team where you don't think about defense for them. They actually are pretty solid there. Like you, you're mentioning up, fi- figuring out the uh, passing game. Well, they can they can rush the pass or they can make a guy uncomfortable. And in that Big 12, score a lot of points. They they know how to do that very well. So if they can find a way to keep doing that, um, you're mentioning their, you're mentioning their schedule. It is tougher with Oregon, but again, that is a home game, and Lubbock is a harder place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, they got some t- some tougher road games going to KU, going to um, Austin, but they and then going to Waco as well. But they get K State, they get TCU, they get those guys at home. I think it's a team that can very easily be um, contending for a conference title at the end of the season. Yep. That's, that's I, I think I they. Saying. That's a good point. Is they get a lot of the games that they will really need to have a big year at home. Uh, and, and Lubbock's tough to play at, uh, as you've seen on TV and other spots. I, I think one thing to note on this defense, this is really interesting to kind of read on. When you're running at 2-4-5, so they have two down linemen and you have your linebackers more in these hybrid positions. When you run five DBs, as we had touched on with TCU, you're going to need depth there. And can they get that depth? Maybe, but that 2-4-5 obviously causes havoc in the pass game and getting to the quarterback. But can you sure it up on the back end and make sure you're – you have the ability to coverage sacks. You maybe bump those numbers a little more if we can lock down some receivers or just be in the right spots. Um, seven and a half, the win total for the Red Raiders. Where do we see this team? I know Reese said he doesn't want to blow everything, but I'm going to assume he has over if he's saying that, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Parks, what do you have? I have over. You have over as well. Schaefer? I'm going to go over as well. Man, I'm only one under on this. Um I don't know if you get the defensive improvement that you need. And I don't, I guess I, I'm more worried about them winning every shootout they get into, right? At some point you're going to break. It's even though they get those important games at home, they're not easy games. Like bringing in Oregon and Kansas state and TCU and UCF, all really tough ones. And so I have them at seven. Does that mean they're a bad team? No. Does it mean this team is not going in the right direction? Also? No. But I, I think it's another year away from being way talented. They jumped to the 26th ranked recruiting class last year, which is crazy high for this program. So I think they're maybe a year or two away from being super talented. Um, on to the next, I believe our last contender, correct, with the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears, your 2021 Big 12 champions, and Dave Aranda runs a program down there that's well-respected. This is a team where – you know what you're getting out of Aranda. He's a stern guy. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. They're going to play good defense. They had the offensive struggles last year. Let's jump into the Baylor Bears. Who wants to start us off? Yeah, I will. I just I think I was in this team a lot last year, especially towards the end with Nebraska being in the, the coaching search, and Dave Aranda was a guy that was flowing around a lot in that conversation. I think that this year, I think Baylor, I don't think this is going to be um, what they want. I think they have a tougher schedule. They face U- Utah on week two, and now a future Big 12 team, which makes an interesting storyline there. Um, I think they have weapons on the outside and a good quarterback. I think Shapin's pretty good, um, but they have some, a lot of questions on defense, man. Last year, when they lost four straight games to end the year, they gave up 31, 29, 38, and 30. So they got to fill some spots there and play at a higher level on the defensive side of the ball, but it, uh, I, I don't see more than seven wins on this schedule for this team this year. Yeah, this is a team where a lot of people say they're going to kind of get back to that 7-8 win realm. It's a team that needs to improve in some spots. Schaefer, what do you see with Baylor? How do you see this year playing out for them? I think Dave Aranda is a good enough coach to kind of self-assess himself. I think he's pretty self-aware. He said in media days that he didn't do a very good job uh, in the portal and that he was kind of naive to all of that and that he thought almost that he was almost too good for it. Um, And then 
he what does he do? He comes back this year, and I think he was in the top twenty five on their transfer portal class. Uh, but where it starts with the guy under center, um, Blake Shapin's finding himself in another quarterback competition this year. I don't, I mean, he's going to be the guy, but I don't think that it's going to be necessarily handed to him. I, I just thought he was a little disappointing last year. Sawyer Robertson comes in from Mississippi State, uh, to, mm-hmm. expected to push him. I don't think he'll get the guy, get the spot, but if Shapin kind of starts the way he did la- did last year with this, his inconsistencies, I mean, that, that spots up for grabs, but Really, yeah. all he has to do is just give the damn ball to Dominic Richardson and Richard Reese, like in a, in yep. a Jeff Grimes Richard offense. Reese, freshman, and, freshman of the year last year in the Big 12. Yeah, just give it to him and let the rest of them take care of itself. Don't turn the ball over. They go over well, to BYU that. And, and steal a the couple. The offensive line is not going to be great. The defensive line. A lot of turnover. No, but I, I do like the things they've made on um, at the offensive line of position. They went and got a couple of brothers from, from BYU. Uh, they lost some seniors, so they're trying to make the adjustments. And then Matt Pollage steps, steps over from uh, Oregon as a defensive coordinator. He was a safeties coach with Aranda a couple of years ago. So it's a guy that knows the system, knows kind of what Aranda wants. So I know when you lose some some talent on that side of the ball, you want guys who you can trust on that staff mm-hmm. to lead your team in the right direction. Yeah, I'm I'm not super high on this team. Um, I, we're mentioning transfers that they brought in from BYU and the brothers these other pieces that are on the offensive line, I just don't see it with the same talent. Like this is usually a group that Baylor's good with. I don't see the same talent on this room. And then you look in the receiver room as well. Keetron Jackson is going to be your headliner in that receiver room, but there's not a ton of talent in supporting cast to help them out. Um, it's weird that you look at a team like this with 51% of the defensive production coming back, but they have heavy turnover in the secondary. Do they get better? I think so. I think Aranda's the right guy for that. Um, if the defense doesn't get better, I don't. I can't plan on Shafin being or Shafin being the guy. I can't plan on him winning games for that team. That's why I'm lower on this team. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the Bears? What else do you guys have to say about them? I think for the secondary, like bringing in Pollage as a former secondary coach, I think is going to help that issue. Um, but really, like they bring back their defensive line, like with Hall and Franklin, and it's not necessarily. It's like you guys need to take that next step. Um, I think they showed it like bits and pieces last year, but that defensive line, like you said, it wasn't very good, but maybe the coaching change is the right change. They need to turn this thing around defensively, but I'm kind of siding with you, Jordan, on where you stand on this team. I guess it's just hard for me to say that this run game is going to get so much better and Shaven's going to get so much better in the pocket, throwing the football if we can't protect him. Um, But I, I guess it's, it's just a year where I don't see um, a ton of help for the Baylor Bears. Reese, anything to add on them? Their biggest games are all at home. And that's, Four that's road big. games. They go to, they go to yeah, K-State. That's their, that's, their hardest, that's their hardest road game, yeah. That's that's pretty awesome to have. And like I said, I mentioned before when we were talking about TCU, but this team almost beat TCU last season. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near uh, conference title good, but they're still going to be a scrappy team who's going to yeah, – They'll give someone a real wins. fight every week. Um, that's the one part where you could argue that this team could win eight games is that they're going to be in a fight every week. They're never going to be out of one. Uh, it feels like they'll always be scrappy, uh, especially with Aranda there. And that's just the program he built in the style, uh, team that he built parks. Anything to add on the Baylor bears? No, I, th- I'm, I'm going to start it off here though. I'll say under. Yeah, I have under as well. I have six, six and six. Reese Schaefer. Reese oh, over the over under. Reese, over at seven, or do you think they're better than seven? Seven. 
Seven. They're not going okay, any higher than that seven. Yeah. All right, seven. Gotcha. Well, that'll do it for the contenders. Let's jump into the wait list. We're going to do this one by one. Each person's going to take a different team, and we're going to do a quick breakdown. We're going to start with the Central Florida Knights, a new team within the Big 12 Conference, a team that has had success on the national level in the American. They are coming into the Big 12 with a win total of six and a half. I think this is the best equipped team out of the newbies to succeed within the conference. I think they are um, super talented in a lot of positions. I'm high on the offense. I think the ability to run the football with Plumlee at quarterback, who, you got to remember this kid can fly. He's one of the faster quarterbacks in the country. And you get a duo in RJ Harvey and Demarcus Bowman, who comes in from Florida. This is a team with Malzahn that can get creative behind a good offensive line and really run the football down someone's throat. I believe they were running for over 230 yards a game last year. This is a team when you can run the football, it opens everything else up. Is Plumlee the best passer and most accurate guy? No, but he doesn't have to be if you run the football super well and just get guys open. They replaced three of the five on the offensive line, but I think there is just I think there's talent there still. They're starting to recruit better and better in the hotbed of Florida. Seven seven starters returning, including three first-team all-conference selections in the front seven for the defense. That'll get better, and it's going to have to be better in a bigger conference where it's week in, week out, playing bullies and playing bigger schools. Um, They need to get better defending the run. Good thing about that, though, is they don't – I don't think they play that tough of a schedule. And so you're not going to get a lot of teams that are going to ground and pound and just wear you out. I think, obviously, at Oklahoma is a team that will run the football well. Baylor's going to try to do that Kansas State. But other than that, not a lot of great run games on their schedule to defend. Are the portal DBs that they brought in, are they serviceable, or are they just filling on a spot that needed filled, right? Um, I think that's going to tell you a lot as well. But I do think that they're going to be serviceable and maybe be better than expected. So I like the Central Florida Knights. I have them at 8-4. and four. I think this is going to be a better team than what people are saying. This is, this is why I say that, because I think you can get – a win at Kent State, a win at Boise, Villanova, so you start 3-0. Kansas State, let's say you drop that one. I think you beat Baylor and Kansas, lose a game to Oklahoma. You say you have, and I think you, you have winning at Boise? Yep, I do. Okay. I do. I like this team. Um, is that a tough one? Yeah, that's going to be incredibly tough, but it's going to be one of the best games to watch week two. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and I say 8-4 and because I – it's hard for me to say that they're going to go into Lubbock into an atmosphere like that and win that game their first year in the Big 12. And maybe they slip up against a West Virginia, Oklahoma State somewhere um, or even a Baylor. Uh, but I have eight and four. I think this team improves. I think Plumlee is a really good quarterback that's just going to get better in Malzahn's scheme. Guy knows how to coach in a Power Five conference, and it's going to work out well. Anything else to add on the Knights with you guys? What's the over under at? Six and a half. I could maybe side with you for seven wins, but I just don't know if this team this team's getting to eight. Oh, eight. I got eight. Eight of them. I'm not going to give my opinion because it will uh, lead us into a later segment. John Rice probably should go to the MLB draft or something. I, I just don't – I don't think he's very good. I, I don't think any <laughs> of these new teams are very good, to be honest with you. They got a they got a gauntlet for the conference to start the season, man. Their, their, conference, their conference schedule is – it is tough, I think. I think it's meh. I think, it's it, it I think a very, a very big part of this is all these new teams. You have to remember, like these these are group of five rosters. Yeah, first year in, in a in a power five conference, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. That's how I see it, at least. Um, let's jump next into the Oklahoma State Cowboys. 
Who has the pokes? Right here, man. Let it fly, Reese. So we got Oklahoma State projected to be eighth overall in the conference. Um, could be seen as seven to five. Big thing I mentioned at the beginning of the year with the transfer portal pickup from Michigan, Alan Bowman. It's going to be the question mark for this season. Um, they only returned their their third their uh, third leading rush from, from last season. Um, Ollie Gordon uh, picked up a couple guys in the transfer portal for the wide receiver room, Arlen Bruce and Deshaun Stribling. But uh, again, the offense is going to be a lot of it. They're switching up their defensive scheme this year. They're going over to a three three five. They're pretty thin um, on the defensive back side of the ball. But when you put five guys back there, that's going to help up. Um, guys feel a little more comfortable. There's more room for error. Have more guys back there. They can keep pressure on the ball. But again, it's Stillwater's Stillwater is a harder place to play. It's a team that can very easily start off the season 4-0, and that K-State game can draw some attention. But uh, he's a guy who knows how to win ball games. He knows how to recruit. He's always been there for a while. There's a reason why they're so successful year in and year out. Um, but it's it's going to be a new look with losing your quarterback that you've had. That's been your identity for the last how many years. It's can they adjust? Can they adapt? Um, what did you have their over-under at this year, JP? Six and a half. Six and a half. I that's that's right where it should be. I think their ceiling, like ceiling, is seven. I think they're probably going to be a team that's going to go under. Ceiling I think ceiling, ceiling ceiling of seven, seven because, sucks. Just because, like I said, crazy. Because I, I just can, think it's crazy because it's six and a half win total. Your ceiling is seven. Ceiling is seven. I just I just don't low ceiling have you get with the production they like they lost all their dudes. Yeah. They lost their the quarterback who's been their guy for how long. If you're like, you guys know best, if you have a, if you lose your quarterback and you have, you're supposed to have your new guy coming in, you don't know what he's going to be like. If he's going to be the dude, there's always that question of if he's the right guy, if he's going to fit the scheme, if he's the right player yeah. for that offense. One of the more, I just think it's harder to know. One of the more interesting off seasons within the college football world, a lot of departures. Gundy doesn't have a good recruiting class in the 23 classes. For some reason that fell off. Um, different things swirling, excuse me, with this team. You bring in a new uh, defensive coordinator who's going to stall that three three five from a division two program and Gundy has done this before, but he's coming in installing a new pro or a new scheme with a bear cupboard. He's not coming in here and doing it with guys who played last year for this team. This is going to be a bear cupboard, and you know the only reason I think seven is extremely possible is the schedule. Yeah, uh, it's like they, they want one Gundy of the to stay around. One hundred percent. Yeah, it it's just it's weird to look at it because you would think that Oklahoma with that would play Oklahoma every year or Oklahoma state would play Oklahoma every year. And usually we'll see a Texas. They get all four of the newbies, I believe. And yeah. a down Arizona state team, yep. uh, South Alabama will be a tougher game. Um, And that's going to be, that's a, I mean, if we're not paying attention week three, the pokes could lose to South Alabama. That's a good Sunbelt team. Um, Anything else to add on the pokes? Teams I have them at six and six. I say this team's a joke. I'll say I'll change my mind. Ceiling of eight wins. I'll say that <laughs> this team is a joke. The Big Twelve gave them a super favorable schedule. Um, it was one of the worst offenses to watch last year uh, down the stretch. But it's one of the prettier uniforms to watch. And, so it makes it a little easier. I think Gundy, my Gundy, is quote me on this. He's outdated. That guy is. He's got to go. He's just so arrogant. The dude doesn't change his ways on anything. I'm just kind of over this team. I really am. Yeah. There Parks, anything to add with the pokes? Yeah, top two brand in college sports, and it ain't two. Um, <laughs> and then another another name to mention, and, and this is kind of a sleeper name, um, 
in that quarterback room, man, if you don't get to play at Allen Bowman that you expect, they brought in a five-star true freshman quarterback, Zane Flores. The only reason I know that name is an Omaha guy. That guy, he's tall, he's big, and he can sling the rock. So if they do have a start, a bad start to the year, you might see him in there, and that guy's going to be a name in Power 5 football soon. 100%. Off from the pokes we go and to the Kansas Jayhawks. Parks has the Jayhawks, and we're going to talk a little bit of Kansas football, which has been exciting the last yeah. couple months. Very exciting, besides after week seven. Yes, it was a very exciting team. Probably one of the most fun bowl games from last year, but I think you got to look at Lance Leopold and kind of what he's building over there. This dude brings back 17 of 22 starters. Almost 95% of their offensive production last year, including all the big spots. He brings back a serious sleeper for the Heisman Trophy and Jalen Daniels. If you haven't watched this guy play past the game day game against TCU where um, he, he didn't play the entire game, Go watch him play early in the year. He is a monster. They bring back, um, obviously, Mason Fairchild's a big name, and Devin Neal, who ran the ball all over the yard last year. You also have to look at, if Jalen Daniels goes down because he is an injury guy, I did not see terrible play from Jason Bean last year. No, I think I agree. They, yeah, this is a good team, man. They bring back a lot of star power. They don't have the most favorable schedule. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they had some holes, but they do bring back Kobe Bryant. First team all Big 12 corner last year. Absolute stud. Couple pick sixes. He's a Sunday level ball skill type of guy. They have the talent here. The schedule's tough. Um, but I see this Kansas team. I'm a little bit higher on them than most. And I, I think, I, I mean, it's the Big 12, right? It's wide open. Uh, they do have a, a, a tough schedule, though, especially at the beginning of the year. They face a, a very, uh, I, I, the best word to say it is a suffocating Illini defense from last year. So uh, yeah. they lost a couple pieces, but they play a very tough schedule. And I'm high on Kansas this year. They definitely address some of that defensive concerns when they bring in five power five transfers onto the defensive line. Like they're making moves. Leopold's trying to stir this thing up. Does it help? I don't know. They also bring in an LSU transfer and Demarius McGee uh, to play corner go opposite of Kobe Bryant. Does that help? Or is he just a guy again with a transfer? You can either see a guy really help out a team be a depth piece or just fill a void that needs it. Anything to add else on the Jayhawks for this year? I'm over this team too. I over this team. I mean, says. this team. You would have thought. You would have thought they won ten games last year. Uh, this defensive line is. Terrible. I mean, in their defense, Schaefer. I'm over it. I'm I'm over it. Until so I have half. I have like a a good respect for probably the first eight teams of this conference. The bottom six, especially the four new teams, they rub me the wrong way. I'm over them. Your over team them is all. in the bottom six. You're a fan of the yeah, team yeah, in the yeah. bottom six. Well, that's why. It's not, mine's not included in there. <laughs> Relax. Uh, mine's not included in there. I think that this defensive line is going to be absolutely abysmal. They gave up 35 points a game last year. We're like making a big deal that we brought back seven starters on defense. Sweet. We brought back the same seven guys that are giving up 500 yards a game. What do you, what are we talking about? Five transfers, Jake. This team's a sleeper. This team, this when this team rolls out and wins eight games, Jake, I'm going to shove this one. This, this, team, this team will team not, not, this team will not win more than six games again. Actually, I, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game. There you go. Put it on a clip. That's a tough schedule. Wow. That's, that's a lot of hatred from a, yeah. you were high on Jalen Daniels last year. I you, was. You, I was until hatred. everybody made him seem like he was Caleb Williams. Oh, so you oh want to be God. the only guy to like? Like, you just want to be the one hype man for this kid? No, I want everybody to act like he's a good player, not an NFL first round draft pick. <laughs> I mean, oh he's, 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 he's fine. He was not man. very good throwing the ball last year. He no, had, there were spots that. where he did not play very well. Reese, anything to add on the Jayhawks? 
No, I disagree with Parksy's idea. They got a tough slate weeks four through eleven, man. There really isn't. There's maybe it's one disgusting. off week, and yeah. they got to be on it. Yeah, it's disgusting. We are going to jump now to the BYU Cougars. The Cougars. Hey, uh, Shafe, you want to talk about the Cougars? One of the newbies. Yeah, if you thought I was going to sure turn my so positivity around, you are wrong. You are. Oh, by the way, I have Kansas at six and six. You are wrong on this team. Uh, Kalani Sataki, he, he tried to change his ways, and he tried to go into the portal and hit some home runs with Keaton Slovis and, and Aiden Robbins uh, running back from – or sorry, not Louisville, UNLV. Both are expected to start. Both are expected to be key int- integral parts of this offense. But uh, College in Vegas to college in Provo. I mean – tell you, they are not the same. That's a difference. These- <laughs> Strippers to Jehovah's. <laughs> he can now focus on football, so maybe he'll be better. Um, with this with this team, number one, looking at the skill position, guys, Cody Epps returns as their leading receiver. He was a guy who had like 400, 400 yards last year. He's a fine player, but they didn't go to the portal at that position whatsoever. They lack a lot of depth at every single position. This offensive line, not very good, and I think this defensive line ranked like 12th in the Big 12, um, according to Athlon. I just... They picked up a nice piece at Harrison Taggart, the linebacker position. He was a four-star transfer, like post-spring. Um, I think that'll put a band-aid on on this mediocre defense. But I mm. just Sataki changed the entire coaching staff. This team comes off a year where they were 97th in points per game. They gave up 400 yards per game. This was an independent ball, not the Big 12. You are going to have offenses coming at you every single week. So. I don't think the schedule does them any favors either. <laughs> they play Arkansas in the non-con. Absolutely brutal jaw, draw um, when they did a home and away with them from last year. I said I'm not high on any of these new four teams. And BYU, I might be honestly the lowest on. I think this team might win four games. So, Which is interesting to look at when you look at their success over the last couple of years, right? Like You figured this team would come into the Big 12 ready to go and ready to compete but you're going to catch them in a year where maybe that's not the case. Um, I think the defense is going to be better than maybe you think. I, I just think there's pieces that are better. Does that mean that's a good defense? No, but I think they're going to be uh, a little more stout than seen adding on to the Cougars, Reese, or Parks. I got nothing. Nothing? No. Five and a half is your win total. I have them at five and seven. Four and eight. Under. Six and six. Six and six out of Reese, which would be an over. Parks also said under. Parks, when you say under, are you like five and seven, three and nine? Like where where did you land? Under five hundred, man. That's my it's baseline. Team, this team will be. I'll, I'll I'll wrap it all up at the end, man. This team under five hundred. Sam Houston, Southern Utah. They'll beat um, Iowa State and they'll beat Cincinnati. All home games, four and eight. This team's terrible. They don't get West Virginia. In Morgantown? No. God, no. They have no idea. Have no idea what is coming for them in Morgantown, West Virginia. Could you imagine traveling from Provo to Morgantown? Those are different kind of mountains <laughs> out there, bud. Uh, I, tell you, I tell you another thing. They, uh, they drink at these games uh, when you're traveling in the Big 12. So uh, bring your blindfolds. Bring your milk. <laughs> if, you're, if you're traveling with the BYU Cougars. Let's jump into the long shots. Now, we're going to start with one that's a little more uh, close to home here. We moved them into the long shots after the recent news. Schaefer, let's talk about your Cyclones. Yeah, that was my beef. I mean, you had BYU over us, but it's fine. I'm not I mean, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to argue for a team that's probably going to win four games. It's just not. Schaefer, you're a self-hating Big 12 fan. That's what you are. 
I'm, not, I'm a realist. I'm giving you the real analysis. Oh, God. Um, All right. Talk about your clones, man. I, I don't want to like treat this like it's a, like some special team compared to every other one I've analyzed. I mean, this team it was the number one team with Texas A&M last year with the most losses in college football of six points or fewer. Um, a couple of games here or there, and this kid, this team wins a bowl game and or goes to a bowl game, and it, it's not seen as a disappointment season coming off of the talent overhaul they had last year. So that's how close they were. Um, we can get into all of the gambling stuff later, but let's just talk about the roster that they do have right now. Rocco Beck comes in, played three games for them last year, and like token snaps is what JP likes to say. Has no real experience. Um, he was a he was a four I think he was a, like a fringe four three star coming out of high school and then JJ Cole is a six seven four star freshman coming in from the backyard at Des Moines um, who could start as well. Uh, an interesting note that came out last week: starting running back Jirel Brock uh, apparently hasn't been practicing and there's Has no comment the practice field and there's there's no comment on that. So um, is he in the situation of gambling? I don't know. Uh, Jaden Higgins transfers from Eastern Kentucky. I think this is a guy you're going to expect the wide receiver room, but don't talk about the wide receivers because you got to look at the tight end room, a team, a group that disappointed mightily last year. This is a group that needs to be better because Iowa state doesn't have success without its tight ends specifically in its offense, whether it's run blocking, um, or if it's catching passes, you know, you, you get the chase Allen's, the Charlie Kohler's Dylan Sanders of the, uh, couple of years ago that could do both. So they need this group brings back. Everybody from last year at that position, they have to be better. On the defensive side, I don't want to get into it too much because you know what you're really going to get out of a John Heacock. You Tampa's a dog. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get the same thing out of John Heacock every year, no matter the talent uh, or the spots they need to fill. TJ Tampa is just a guy that's an easily first team Big Twelve guy. He's going to lead that secondary. Um, they'll be solid at that position, but obviously everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about the the offensive side of the ball. So. Yeah, I think the offensive line is going to improve greatly. You bring in uh, UNI's uh, line coach, who is very well respected and very talented, and it's a group that needed some push. Like they needed a little bit of improvement. It was not great last year, so I think that'll help them out a ton. Um, it's going to be an interesting year in Ames because that if they let's just say they sit back and they win the five or four, this is now Campbell's second year where they don't win a ton of football games. And it's a fan base that's usually pretty accepting, especially in your football program where this guy took you to heights you hadn't seen. I I don't want to say people start to get angry about it, especially now that this is the way it happened rather than maybe keeping all those guys who are starters that not are not going to be suspended and then they lose the game. Um, But it's interesting to look at this team and it's not the way you want a team to kind of go into a season, especially it's August now and this stuff's coming out fast and uh that doesn't help chemistry. That doesn't help a building. That doesn't help anybody anywhere, especially when you bring students back onto campus now and these guys are going to have to intermingle with them. And you know college kids are dumb enough to say something every chance they get about the damn thing. Um, so it's going to be interesting for the Iowa State Cyclones. I don't – I have them at four and eight. This is a different four and eight than I – I didn't have four and eight prior to all the news breaking. Win total at five. Reese, Parks, anything to add on the Cyclones – Schaefer broke his team down pretty good and outlining everything that uh, they have on the football field. Cause we want to keep this about football and um, the guys that are playing this year for this program. I'll be here for you every week, Jacob. Don't worry. <laughs> I, you know, if people, I was a betting man, no never mind. No breakdown. Just I'm here. People for you. are, I think <laughs> I people you. are expecting like this, this sad kid to get on the pod every week. 
I know what this team is going to be. Not like, sad, angry. I'm not, I know what they're going to be. There's not anything that's really going to surprise me. I mean, of course, I think there's there's things we got to just be better at on offense. And if I don't see the improvements, I think that's where the fan base could get a little frustrated. Yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna find out quick. Well, that's the thing. I I think this team can start three and one. And JP, I'll give you the you can all right, you guys. If you guys don't win that football I game, so. it's, I if, hope if so. you don't win you're that gonna, football yeah, game, you're gonna man. hear it from me. I think they can beat so. you and I. Me, yeah. I think they can win at Ohio and they can beat Oklahoma State at home. I don't think yep. those four games are. And then Kansas at home, I think you can win that football game. I think you could go to Cincinnati or BYU Cincinnati. and steal a game. But who knows? So five wins, probably four again. I don't know. Maybe six. I'd be glorious. Uh, six. You and I does have the best quarterback in FCS football. Um, and we'll come in with Farley, who knows how to play Iowa and Iowa State every year. And they always give a good game to these teams. Um, so that'll be interesting. Parks, anything to add? Absolutely not. Let's move on from that team. Let's let's move on, he says. To Cincinnati we go. Parks, it's actually your turn to talk about the Bearcats. Yeah, what an interesting story at the, at the head coaching position here with uh, Scott Satterfield rolling in. Guy who announces that he's going to who they're playing against in their bowl game in 12 days. Cincinnati and Louisville matched up last year in the Fenway Bowl, and Louisville won 24-7. That's Scott Satterfield's old team. He comes from Louisville. He didn't have the biggest stint there. He's probably on the hot seat anyway to lose that job. He rolls into a Cincinnati team that may be the biggest what-if I've ever seen. I mean, this is a team that in the last five years have gone 8-5. and five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong page. Wrong page. So it went 11 and 2, 11 and 3, 9 and 1, 13 and 1, and 9 and 4. And they're picked almost dead last in this conference. So uh, there's so many what ifs. They lost a lot of faces. They only returned nine guys. Um, I, I think that the, the standout here is they add Emory Jones from Arizona State, but nobody knows how it's going to fit into what this Cincinnati team is going to look like. He didn't have the most impressive stand at Louisville. Satterfield didn't. So is he going to be better in Emory a Jones big conference sucks. with a small? What did you say? I said Emory Jones sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, everybody sucks. Everybody that we're talking about for the next 20 minutes sucks. And Schaefer, this kid's going to log off. He's not that bad. He's he's really not. And this is for me saying that's a bright spot in this team is that tells you all you need to know. Everything's up in the air with this team. I don't know about this hire. Obviously, Fickle goes to Wisconsin, and that's going to be a huge loss because he built an absolute culture at that school. I thought he was going to wait for Ohio State, but not high on the Bearcats. I don't see him winning more than than five games, and I think they're on the contention. Really? I mean, they're in contention for a bowl game, which as a Cincinnati fan, that's got to be tough to hear after the last Dude, five why are you making? Why are you making faces? I think four wins is probably this team's ceiling, too. I, I I could see three. Here's my thing with this program. I don't love the hire. No. Like, what are we doing? Guys, their toughest the road hire. game all year is at Pitt. Are we going to address that? Like, yeah, I mean, they I don't mean, still play tough road games. Well, though. Pittsburgh is definitely, I think Pitt is one of the best teams on their schedule outside of Oklahoma. Um, and you get them week two, like, good night. Like, that's going to be a tough one to win. I do not see that game being close. Um Anything else to add on the Bearcats? I actually forgot to write their win total down, but it ain't high. I think it's like five. It's a five and a half. Hey, it's, it's, sure. Yeah, it's five and a half. Five and a half. Reese, anything to add on the Bearcats? No. Five and seven. Ye, five. I have under. I mean, I, I'm the, the offense, under. That's a unanimous under. That's a unanimous yeah. under. The offensive side of the ball on this team is, is not good. It's horrendous. It is horrendous. 
just too many portal losses. You lose a head coach. You have to do all this change. And you don't bring in a guy that I necessarily think is a great hire. He was all right at Louisville. Um, yeah, I, tough, 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 tough. Well, let's go to the Houston Cougars. The Cougars will be outlined by our buddy Reese here. That's me right here, man. Uh, big thing that you need to know about these guys is right now they're having a quarterback battle between Donovan Smith, the tech transfer who had a little bit of success last year, and then Lucas, Co- uh, Lucas Coley. Uh, Smith is expected to be the starter because of his experience from last season. Um, this is a guy who's been played play a little bit more, so he's going to be a little more comfortable with it. Um, they have an experienced backfield. They got webs on the outside. They brought in a bunch of guys from the portal. Um, so they're going to they're gonna have speed on the outside. They're going to have guys that can do it. Uh, their line is going to be a little bit thin, but they have a stud left left tackle due to 6'7", 315. Not sure if you've heard of him, Patrick Paul. He's a big dude. Only ever given up four sacks and over 1,000 uh, pass rush attempts. So he's a guy who's going to be able to anchor that offensive line. Um, their defense is probably their biggest question mark, though. It's no, it's usually not Never a, good on a defense. great defense. Usually not a great defense every year. They were decent in 21. They had a big improvement, but then the last year they fell back off. Gave up 32 points a game. That was 112th um, in the country. So not very solid. And then not to throw in more fuel to the fire, they got to replace their top five tacklers and their best two pass rushers. So that's going to be an uphill battle for those guys. They do have a favorable non-conference schedule, though. They got UTSA. They go to Rice. They got Sam Houston. Uh, they do have TCU Week 3, so they're going to have to be prepared for that one. But it's a team this year where they're they're 5-7, and 6-6. Seven, six and six. They're not going to go anything crazy. Ceiling is probably 7, I would say, and they got to do a lot to get to 7. Um, but they're just going to be a team that's they're going to need to score a lot of points if they want to win a lot of games because I don't see them forcing a lot of turnovers, getting a lot of stops because I just don't think they did enough for that defense to be uh, that impactful for this team going forward. Yeah, this is not going to be a good football team. Uh, no. It's it's a program that can grow. I think Holgerson can grow it within the Big 12. I think it got tougher with your additions that you just brought into the conference, but you are school in Texas. You can keep kids around Texas and continue to have them play in Oklahoma and Texas for all their conference games. I, I think it can grow, but it's a tough year to find them. Like It feels like that's the thing. Like BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, all programs that are – like perennially fighting for conference titles, they're all going into transition years and tough transition years while they join this conference over or under win total at four and a half over. I'm higher on over. this team. Okay. Talk <laughs> to, Oh, I thought he said good news. I thought you said yeah, talks uh, good lang- news out of Schaefer language kids. I thought he said, fuck. <laughs> no, I was like, talk. why did that surprise you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll talk about it. I think the, the skill position, I think they're the best group out of the, out of all four teams that are coming in. I think if this team can get back to 2021, just like, I'm not saying the level that they played at just slightly above that. Um, if they can get back to the, those stats, they brought in, um, an all big 12 guy from Oklahoma to fill in the defensive line last year. They're filling some spots. The only thing that honestly worries me is the culture. I think that Dana kind of lost those guys last year. That was a really talented team who we thought was going to win the American. I mean, I think I had them in my conference predictions, um, and you guys were like, that's a great pick. They should win 10 games. And they just slipped up because they just had a bunch of head cases on their team. So it's either they might surprise some people or Holgerson's probably out in year two because he can't get control of that locker room. Yeah, I, I, I'm not high on this football team. That's a big uh, ass, Jake. UTSA is an easy win. 
I know. That's a big ass, Jake. 21, you're talking about replacing a 3,500-yard passer in Clayton Toon to reciprocate that team? I'm not talking about the offense. I think the offense. <laughs> and a good defense. I think the offense will be fine. Donovan Smith has got to stay healthy. I think he's really good, um, but he's just never stays healthy. And he, I've seen him at Texas Tech. He's played in big games before. I think he's not going to be Clayton Toon, but I think he'll be just fine. It's the defense that needs to show something new in, in yeah. 2023. That's some Different. hog hate there. That's some hog hate because Lucas Coley's that backup. That's an Arkansas guy. Yeah, he ain't starting. Let's look at that win total at four and a half. Over, under, Schaefer just said over. I have under. Parks? Under. Reese, did you start? I said five and seven. So over. Gotcha. Split decision on the Cougars right there. I think, like I said, this is a program that will grow and do well in the future of the Big 12. This year is just not the one. Rounding out our team breakdowns with the West Virginia Mountaineers. I don't know if you pay attention or not, but Neil Brown still has a job in Morgantown. Has to how? I think his buyout is just way too big that they did not want to swallow that. Um, year five will be interesting. It's a do or die situation for the guy. I don't think you get another year after this if you struggle to win or get to bowl eligibility, honestly. Um, if you don't get bowl eligible, I don't know if Neil Brown's this coach next year. The offense is going to start to go back to running the football. They're going to try – um, and be a little more creative when their run game. They're going to try to rely on top end running backs in the offensive line, which is where their strengths are on this team. Um, expect CJ Donaldson and Jalen Anderson to carry the load in the backfield. They're going to be your workhorses. They're going to be the guys that you're going to hear about if this team's playing really good football. Uh, as of now, from what I understand, quarterback battle still going on between Garrett Green and uh, Nico um, Marchial. I cannot say that last name. I've heard it like 15 times. Cannot say it. Um, <laughs> That's your quarterback battle at the moment. On defense, it's a complete rebuild. And you lose your studs that you did have on defense into the portal um, to big programs. It's going to be interesting to watch this team because this is a team that's used to winning. It's a program used to winning, a fan base used to it, who brings a good atmosphere to the Big 12 and fit kind of what the Big 12 was looking for. Well, they haven't had that the last couple of seasons. And I do think um, you get no favors when you play Penn State and Pittsburgh in your non-conference. Um, Duquesne... You'll probably be just fine. But then you get Texas Tech, TCU. Um, you also grab at Baylor, at Oklahoma, and at UCF. And I don't – I'd like this program to get better. I don't think Neil Brown's going to be the guy to get him there, and this is not the year that they're going to do that. Uh, this is going to be a lower win total for me. I have him at four and eight. I don't – I think this is going to be a team looking for a rebirth next year. This is going to be looking to completely reset where they are. Um, we put out an awesome hype video for him. We have it's it's awesome. It, it's do or die. Um, but it's not a football team that I would put a lot of money on to win football games this year. They could the schedule. Start the schedule doesn't do them any four. favors. I think no. if they would have played Virginia Tech like they did last year, they take away that Penn State game. I think this team could fight to bowl eligibility. I think they're going to get the new teams at home, uh, Cincinnati and BYU. I just yeah that that just that start of Penn State Duquesne and then Pitt is just not great heading not into the great. Big they could they could start one and seven great, if they don't have to play good football. <laughs> yeah, this I'd like to see this team get better and better, but if this is not the year for them. I haven't four and eight. Anybody else nailed it? Four and eight. What's the over? Four and a half. Five. I'll take the over. Give me five wins. That's a great question. I'll take the under. I, I think it's four and a half. I'm going to take half, the over. Yes. Nothing like starting the year with an absolute thwopping against Penn State. What? Yeah, they're going to get – What is the line on that game? I, would, I thought it was like 14, 17. I'm going to find it here. 
17 and a half. Is that neutral site? No. God, no. No, no it's not. God, it's in Happy Valley. No. It is yep. in Happy Valley. Let me uh, I go. Trade the gender of the things, but I want to pull that, that. Anything to add on the rest of these teams that maybe we didn't touch on, we forgot to add, um, and then we're going to jump into our predictions for the year. Expect the unexpected. Predictions. Man. Let's predict. Let's predict. Toughest schedule in this conference is Texas. I got uh, the toughest. You're really yes. going to make me say it? Kansas. No. Yes. We got against earmuffs. We got fucking hosed. What is this schedule? <laughs> <laughs> this schedule is just stupid. They wanted to give you go good games to travel to. Weren't you just talking about how you wanted to travel to good road games? Yeah, well, that's not even one of the tougher places we're going to. I mean, at, Ohio, Kansas, at Ohio, at Kansas State, at Oklahoma. Athens? We have to play TCU and Texas. The only team we got away from was Texas Tech. but They'd probably still find a way to beat us. And then we have to play at BYU and Cincinnati. We don't even get either of them at home. We don't get any of those cupcakes at home. I think you'd rather play the cupcakes on the road, no, and have the better teams at home. Like if you had, I just choice. want a guaranteed win. We got Kansas at home. That's a guaranteed win, by the way. You can lock that in here, here and now. It's <laughs> a guaranteed win. Last year would beg to differ. Um, I have Kansas on mine because I, I think they grab. I think they miss the majority of the new members, and then they grab the entire top half of this conference. Now the non-con is a little easier with Missouri State and Nevada, but Illinois is good. And so that's I. There's no way they go to Illinois and win that. You gotta play the Iowa Hawkeyes. You kidding me? It's like playing Alabama of the Midwest. Oh, he's getting chippy. He's getting chippy. Yeah, (laughs) funny. Just because you're he's getting chippy. Here we go. Throw punches. All right. He's Reese. You have the toughest schedule. I got. I'm. I'm got an outlander. I got BYU here because of the road games. They go to Arkansas, to Lawrence, to Austin, to Stillwater. And the only games they got at home that they really are going to like is Tech and Oklahoma. Those are just two, two really tough teams to play at home. Easiest schedules in the conference is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't get to break down mine. Mine's self-explanatory, right? Texas at yeah. Bama. This is the, the Texas trifecta I was talking about. They, they play at Bama, not that one, at Baylor, at Houston, at TCU. They, they, they travel across the road like four times. It's crazy. And then they, uh, they also play at Iowa State. Shitty grass there, man. Very well kept up grass. I'm so confused. I don't know. I'd say I like it. that ag program takes pretty good care of that stuff. Easiest schedule in the Big Twelve is the UCF Knights. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They have the easiest schedule. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma I got Oklahoma State. State. Oklahoma State's a joke. Oklahoma State. No Texas. They got, no they got, road, no tech. They get yeah, and they get Kansas and Kansas State at home. Their tough road games are at Iowa State and at UCF, and they get Oklahoma. At I could home argue too. Oklahoma too, which is insane. How are we giving Oklahoma the easiest schedule in their last year here? I don't know. Put them out with a bang, dude. It's all, it's all Put you in the dirt, dude. dirt nap, Big Twelve dirt nap. We're too nice. We're too nice of people. We're trying to give Texas and Oklahoma the championship. We're we're just too nice of people here. Yeah, I think that was their plan, Schaefer. It's going to be really tough when Arizona State wins it next year. (laughs) Two most important games within the Big 12 for this year are what? I'll lead off with one. I think Kansas State at Texas late in the year is going to be one of the more important ones. I had that one. That's just going to be two teams, I think, both fighting for a spot. Both with maybe one loss and one more puts them out of the picture for the conference title. 
Kansas State at Texas. Everybody bear with me. I'm going to do the uh, red leather, yellow leather. I'm going to do the Red River Rivalry. Red I'm going to put that one out there. Yep. Red River Rivalry. 100%. Yeah. The, the, what rivalry? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. It's not important. Well, it's kind of important. It's the last Bedlam game we'll probably ever watch. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Great one. Reese? I'm going to say Texas versus Texas Tech. Week nice. Two. I had that one. That's a good one. That'll probably lead into a, a discussion a little bit. Dude, nice, Reese. Cool. I assume team that, that Reese? is because – Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think that leads into our sleeper team. Reese, who's your sleeper team in this conference? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. This I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. I'm different. I don't I'm going to be different, and I'm going to shove this one up Schaefer's butt. KU, deep sleep. I'm just glad you didn't say Cincinnati. I thought you were going to say Cincinnati. No, here comes Kansas. Fry you. Big Emory Jones guy. <laughs> I have UCF as my sleeper team in this conference. Um, Everybody's different. We, we covered that reason. That's just who I have. I do not have Texas Tech. I think that's going to be a good team. They'll make leaps and bounds, but I don't know. Coach of the year in this conference is? Because I didn't get my uh, sleeper team. Oh, yeah. Well, I figured I thought I'm gonna, you'd – I'm going to go Joey McGuire. Yeah, as you said, that's a good one. With Reese. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. I like so, that. I like that. Joey McGuire. You say you didn't get your sleeper team, but you were throwing up guns over there. Like yeah. it was, we're not in live. We're not on YouTube yet. We yes. can see you. Subscribe. Ring live. that bell. I have Sarkeesian. I got Sark, too. Parks? Oh, I already gave my Chris Kleiman. Kleiman. Employer of the year within this conference will be Jalen Daniels because they're going to sleep with him. Mr. Like Ewers. That, oh, Jalen Daniels. Ewers. I always I always get Jalen and, yeah, the kid at LSU's. Jaden. Jaden Daniels. They're mixed up. Well, it's because you're a casual. Yeah. And I know the well, big No, I, when I hear that name, I just. Uh, I got Will Howard. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. I have Xavier Worthy. I kind of puked uh, a little bit I, when I said that. Ooh. I think he's going to bail out Ewers a lot more than people think, and he'll be the number one um, weapon within that offense uh, and the bailout option. Conference title prediction before or after hot take. I always forget. You should do before. Do, or, or, no, or not Not conference title prediction. Hot take first. The hot take first. Hot take first. Hot I can take for this off. conference. All right, go ahead. Texas and Oklahoma will miss – for the third straight year in their final year on their ass's way out. They both they will. both will miss. They both is a hot the take. Title. That is both and Fuego will miss. Let's get an odds prediction on that. If I talk to DraftKings, what are, what are we thinking there? Plus plus one thousand odds. I'm sure that would be another bet you'd lose, Jake, because that is so hot. It's hit the that last was hot the last two years, wasn't it? But I think it's but I don't think Oklahoma is like that much yeah. of a stretch to oh, miss it. Though. It wasn't that hot two the anybody, it's last Texas. two years. They had Caleb Williams two years ago. I mean, it's a hot one because I think you you're taking out the two most talented rosters easily within this, and one of them that has got a lot of proven players on the roster. Um, Reece, it's got to be especially wait. It's got to be especially hot after you just just dogged the bottom six teams in this conference. Yeah, and you just dogged them for thirty five. That's minutes. why I, I am I very I high on. There's like on. there's like a group of there's like five teams that I'm pretty high on. I can give you it's. Uh, 
Oh, now I'm looking at it here. I might have four. Attracting <laughs> <laughs> his hot takes. This top of the list in Texas. Uh, Texas is fucking loaded, aren't they? Stick with I it. I know. Stick I am with sticking it, with it, but they're loaded. They're just loaded. Here for the clicks. Reese. Um, I don't think mine's that that crazy of a hot one, but if Texas does not win the Big 12 this year and they are not – if they don't have a winning season next year in the SEC, Sark's gone. Jeez. Sark's getting fired. I think that. Okay. Oh, I think but that. you said – I think if they don't – because this, this is the year to win it. If they don't win it, if they – say say they go 8-4 and four or whatever, but they're not what they want them to be. They don't want them to be the Texas that they hook them horns and winning all the titles and all that shit. If they're not that – and they go to the SC next SEC next year, and again they're eight and four, or they're seven and five teams, something like that, where they're not competing, where they where they want to be. He's gone. He go. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I it is a hot take. You, getting what, what you getting what he's putting down? Yeah, I'm picking it up. He's <laughs> gone. Uh, my hot take's not very hot. Like this is just like a simmer level. I just don't think this conference gives you a college football playoff representative. Um. And I just think it'll beat up on itself too much. That's all you got to bring. Fair. Come on. Or next year. JP, I said Auburn could step into this conference and probably win it. That's what you're bringing to this as a hot take? Dude, I'm telling you, I didn't. I I just That's came I didn't up feel with. like I had a hot take anywhere. Like I thought this was going to go very chalkish, and I thought there'd be some like random teams would get one of the top teams. But I don't see something that's like, watch out, you know? So after we've kind of after we've kind of talked it through, we talked about, I mean, at least I have how bad the bottom half of this conference is, um, the middle of the pack, and then whatever. Do you still think Texas at plus what is it plus one hundred? Do you still think that's bad? No, it's an awful. That's bet. that's a bad bet. Why would you ever put a future on a team to win a conference where they fun. have to get in and then win the game, where you might get them at better odds? Like you can bail yourself out, I get, but like I don't like how they do that. I feel like they should award the regular season, but I I get there's what there's no juice in that. There's just no reason. Parks, do you have a hot take? Get the heat off me a little bit because mine sucked. <laughs> I don't know if mine's that hot after listening to everybody talk. Maybe JP or the only one that'll think this, but I think all new faces go under 500. I think BYU, I UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati all go under 500. I think actually, finals. I think UCF will find six wins, but every, other than that, I love it. How about yeah. how about this for a hot take? And I don't know if I actually believe this. One of the new schools, these four, will win a conference title before the four that are coming in next year. That's, oh, that's red hot. That's a terrible take. Yeah. Well, terrible. I, said, just, I don't know if I believe it, but like I'm kind we're of just a, okay. Well, okay you actually, no, no, no. Time out. Time out. Awful. Time out. You take out. Hey, take out Utah. Though? Take out Utah. No. no, leave them in there. I'm just saying, if you take out Utah. Those other three schools, no. I mean, unless Dion just turns Colorado around. Well, well, is it hot or is it not, Schaefer? You're telling me it's no, it's not hot. hot. If you take Utah out, it's not hot. Oh well, they're in there, but Utah's in there. And you just said how bad these teams are this year, so they'd have to make a big leap. Well, then, but those teams have to make a leap next year. I think then, then the new the new teams will adjust going into next year Mm -hmm. when everybody gets meshed in. Conference title predictions for this conference. I think we're going to leave Schaefer for last because I I have no idea. I'm chalk, so I took Texas yeah. and Oklahoma within this one. I want somebody um, to guess for I, me. You're just two most talented rosters. I don't know. I think there's I'll, 
could I see it? I, like, yeah, you could be, I could be dummied in this conference. Could dish me two randoms and make me look stupid as they have the last two years. But I, um, I went chalk. I think they'll play twice this year. I got sure, Texas. I, I got Texas and K State. So we're a little more, we're a little more normal now. Yeah. Reese, did you just get a little hotter there? A more uh, crazy. Texas and Texas Tech. Texas and Texas Ooh. Tech. Texas wins it. 37-31. Damn. Any, does anybody want to take a crack at what I uh what I have? Kansas, Iowa Kansas State, State Iowa State and Cincinnati. <laughs> Bingo. It's good guess, Got Jordan. Him. Uh shoot. Uh you know TCU and Tech. Uh, that was a tech. good guess. That was actually that was a good guess. I have Kansas State and Texas Tech in the conference. That's what I said first. Can you defend that? I like that though. Uh, I don't think that's that crazy. What happens to Oklahoma and Texas then? Um, the the, the Texas piece is the one I'm really struggling with. I I can't because the, the team. I'm just going to be honest. It's just absolutely loaded. The Oklahoma. I could <laughs> I could argue Oklahoma all day. I just don't think they. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as talented as what people think they are. Um, as far as the Texas piece is concerned, let's walk back through Texas's this, schedule. This I know I said that, like eat itself alive. Yeah, I just think it's it always does with Texas. Yeah, that's the thing with Texas. It's a culture thing. It's never it's never a talent thing. We always talk about how talented they are, and I know I sound like a broken record from every other podcast in America, but it is, man. Like they always find ways to just lose these games when they matter, and I mean they're gonna lose to Alabama. I mean, I add Baylor four weeks into the year, or I don't think that's something they're just going to walk into. Um, I would like to say Oklahoma would give them a better test this year, but I think they'll roll them again. They get Kansas State at home, but they go at TCU. I don't want to try to credit this team and sound like a homer, but late November, Iowa State will be a tougher place to play. I'm not saying anything, but then Texas Tech at home. I think their last four games are going to be a test. I think I don't think it's going to be an easy easy road and if they're not well gelled as a team and the locker room's divided hell yeah this team could miss again tell you what justin blackman and brandon whedon don't like playing yeah, they, in no they do not no they do not the game still pisses me off i'm not even a fan of their school <laughs> that just would have been nice to see the pokes play for a national title um that's 27 that's that's interesting i think um when you look at Similarities between our picks: Texas in three of them, Kansas State in two. Correct. Yep. Yep. And Tech in two. two and Tech in two of them. That's an it's an interesting graphic right there. You think about it. Um, very interesting conference. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch this conference again. The only year the conference will be like this with uh, Oklahoma and Texas departing, and you'll bring in the four corner schools in Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah next year in twenty twenty four. It's going to be exciting. New programs into a conference uh, where it's known to cannibalize itself. That is our Big 12 preview. That is uh, something you want to listen to, especially with Iowa State fans around us and fans of the conference in general. You want to be up to date and understand what we maybe think about the realignment stuff. This is the podcast for you. 
if you could give us a rating, a five-star rating, uh, share it on other platforms, please let people know um, and follow us on social media as we're putting out content and all that stuff. We're doing a really good job uh, keeping up with that. And we're growing on TikTok faster than any other platform. We have our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter growing as well. Uh, we're jumping into Twitter spaces. was a new thing we started to do and just talk with the college football community and get everybody else's opinions. Again, if you haven't listened to our SEC, our Pac-12 uh, and our ACC previews, those are out. Please go back and listen to them. And those are also really good content and really interesting to look at with those conferences, get a little bit of a deeper dive than you may expect uh, in a normal ESPN article or not. Reese, do you have something to say? Uh, Gage Gunderson, uh, we would like to formally apologize. You Good, uh, good Reese. Tweeted at us last week, and we didn't give you a shout-out. That's our bad. Also, thank you for taking me out to dinner tonight. I love you. You're a handsome gentleman. Somebody's got to say uh, something. I never saw back. the tweet. I'm not. You guys are the ones that are handling hey, that. I thought somebody yeah, saw I was it. Say, who's sure. running the Twitter that's, sphere here? Hand up, hand up on me. And maybe I should have said everybody something. Everybody should have Twitter, but like I didn't see the tweet. I never. That saw was my it. fault. I saw it. Uh, Gage, you shouldn't <laughs> you have spanked me in golf. Then we would have shouted you Accountability. out. Accountability. So that's on me. But Accountability is key in this podcast. That's on hey, me. It's going to hey, be end up on all of us right there. Hey, next week we are into the Big Ten, which is our final preview, and then we're going to do our big. Um, Basically, wrapping everything up, we're going to jump into week zero games, and then we're going to do our conference title draft. If you remember, for the last couple of years, we've done this before, where we'll draft our conference champions in each conference, do a little bit of group of five stuff. But we're right here. We're three weeks away from college football. So uh, it's going to be a great one. Super excited for that. Who wants to take us away? Say hi to your mom for me. Uh, somebody else take us Play away. the fight song! Play the fight song!